Your body is one. Good morning. Big news. I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Darren's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Good morning, Sandy. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, Blake. Good morning, Aaron. How's it going? Good. How are you? Great. We are good. We are almost to the weekend. I know. It went by so quickly. Ah. Uh, yeah. Nice. What, what do you got for us this morning? So, there was a bit of an interesting conundrum yesterday. Data breach. Ooh. Data breach times two. I saw that. What happened? So, yeah. So, DCI had a data breach, which they had told us about the day before. And then yesterday, the um, Border Control and Labor Ministry sent out their monthly list to all of the um, displaced tourism recipients, stipend recipients, to say, oh, you'll be getting your payments on the 22nd of this month, which everyone appreciated because I had people messaging me, you know, when are payments going to be in? But they made a big email fupa and that uh, they didn't blind copy anybody. So everyone saw the 3,300 and I think it was like 29 people on the list and their email oh, addresses. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so they did their own data breach. Yep. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, yeah. So it's, it's uh, always check if people are blind copied oh, or man. not. Like oh, number one rule of email sending. That's I mean, why I think someone did it on purpose. I mean, we even do that on, on uh, when we do like our events. And we we send out an email to yeah. contestants for like blind copy event BCC. information. We we blind copy yeah. people. I mean, we were just talking about this. What was it like last week? Where you know we used to get emails from you. You used to get it from a realtor. Yeah, you get emails from a Blake Roger realtor yeah. guy, and I get it. I used to get it Aaron Bodden's email. Right. It's you know you got to pay attention to who you're sending things to. Yeah. Yeah. So, it it it, uh, it made for interesting times because believe me when I tell you, the comments on social media are so funny. Like what one is like big big behind whatever three five four whatever. Somebody, yeah. Somebody's like, uh, can you have that person DM me, please? <laughs> That's mm -hmm. hilarious. It, it so, really, uh, it really so, is hilarious. I mean, obviously. And an investigation has follow to follow, and yeah. it's been reported to the ombudsman's office. Oh, boy. In other news, Banker yeah. Butterfield is closing their Governor Square location permanently. So they made this announcement um, yesterday. That. 
Yeah. So, I mean, in some ways it kind of makes sense, but I've not been in the Kamata Bay location, but they are pretty close to each other. So, um, you know, I wonder, CMB, keep, I wonder if they'll keep the, uh, the ATM up there though. Mm, that's a good question. They probably should. Cause there isn't, I don't think there's any other ATM in that shopping plaza mm. besides Butterfield. Yeah. And that's a pretty big plaza. Yeah. So um, they're consolidating the Camana Bay and Governor Square operations, and they plan to expand the physical footprint of the Camana Bay Banking Center, which I've not actually been in that location, but I have heard it's pretty small. So hopefully I've been in there. It is very small. Yeah. Hopefully that'll be something that they can accommodate their. Yeah, I think, I think, you know, you're, you're finding all the, all the banks now are opening up branches in Camana Bay. You've got mm-hmm. RBC over there. You've got Scotiabank, you've got Butterfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, CMB is there. So, yeah. yeah, they're pretty much, yeah, it's a, uh, you know, that West Bay quadrant, it covers really, really well. Mm-hmm. So, um, missing voters were located. I think we kind of mentioned this yesterday, but the police finally got around to officially saying it, um, that they were located, but we have some people who were saying that the official report isn't quite how things went down. So we're trying to fish that out, um, pun intended, for the benefit of her, um, you know, of her, our listeners to see what really went down. The police have also been busy carrying out some operations in the Eastern Districts. They said that they uh, issued over 20 court-issued warrants were executed on uh, last week, April the 6th, and the operation was a collaborative effort between the Eastern District's frontline community officers, the process unit, and the Cayman Islands Detention Center. So they made 17 arrests and 22 warrants were executed as hmm. a result. Um, Alrighty. I told you never to call me while I'm on the show. I know. <laughs> You're secretly texting each other behind yes. my back. <laughs> <laughs> show hasn't quite, quite, show hasn't quite started yet. Starts at 7.30. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, somebody's got some. They're, they're early. Oh, there might be. Yeah, there might be some breaking news. You might want to answer hey, that phone yeah. call. Um, yeah. Let's answer it live. Um, but <laughs> would you like to answer? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hold on. Hello. Good morning. Uh, good morning, caller. You're on 106.1 FM. Good morning, Sandy and K Man. How are we doing today? Good. Oh, Just we're great. Great. Bobo yet? So, yeah. Yeah. Keep it clean. Would you like to request a song? <laughs> started Bobo. Did you want to say something on 106? No, I wanted to get on to uh, Bobo. All right. So, uh, All right. in two minutes, grab a cup of coffee and uh, <laughs> yeah, grab some grab some hot tea, and we'll be right back in Bobo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'll call back. Okay, hon. Thanks. All right. She has something. All right, so, folks. Remember, we don't, we don't start in Bobo until seven thirty-ish, as close to seven thirty as possible. Seven thirty on the um, on the dot, as a matter of fact. Yes, and just congratulations to three lucky young ladies who um, won uh, an opportunity to go and see Justin Bieber in concert today in Miami, courtesy of the deputy premier and his daughter. She had tickets mm. um, from two years ago for her birthday. That was like her birthday wish list, and unfortunately, yeah. because of the pandemic, she was not able to attend. And, and she, then she grew out of Justin out of Bieber. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> she's like, I actually don't like Justin, Justin Bieber. Bieber. Why in the world well, would I ever go to Justin Bieber two years Why ago? Why would you buy me tickets to see but Justin she, Bieber? Yeah. No. She passed, she, she gifted it, re-gifted to um, some young <laughs> ladies. Well, that's cool. Well, that's nice. Yeah, no, they were super excited yeah. to be able to. That's nice. Yeah. Free trip. Very. Who doesn't want a free trip to Miami? Cool. By the All way, right, you can buy your own ticket and airfare <laughs> and or or a hotel and, and rental car too. Have fun with that. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, have a good one. Check, check out uh, uh, Sandy on uh, Bobo 89.1 FM in one minute, and we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you.
All right, folks, it's actually less than one minute. I got my 729 and 47, 48, 49, uh, 52. Here we go, 55, 56, 57, 58, 59. Peppermint, sorrel, ginger, beaver grass, or English. Get it ready. Your morning tea just got hotter. Ooh, honey chow. On the cold, hard truth, Bobo 89.1 and Cayman's number one talk show are bringing you morning talk like no one else. Monday Rewind, Impact Wednesdays, Caribbean Connections, and much more. Don't miss a beat with what's happening in the local community. Just keep sipping your tea. What a mess. Here's your host, live and direct from the Cayman Islands, Sandy Hill. Good morning, good morning, K-Man. Rise and shine. Get up and at them. I was up early this morning. I was up after 5 o'clock. I felt good because I went to bed at 11. That's what happens when you go to bed a little bit earlier. You'd be surprised how your body's like, get up. The sun is up. I hope you guys had a fantabulous day yesterday. Good morning to one and good morning to all. Uh, We're going to kick off the discussion this morning talking about this data breach. Now, this is um, quite interesting because, um, yeah, it's, uh, hmm. well, let's, let's talk about it. So I received an email after, I would say, about 11 o'clock in the morning, uh, I think it's around 11 o'clock, and this person said, Sandy, the government has just sent out the stipend email and they did not blind copy anyone. And I thought, oh no, are you kidding me? And they said, nope. Can you get on it? And I said, oh Lord, have mercy. Yes, I'll get on it. But geez, um, peace. how do you make a mistake like this? Well, you know what? Mistakes do happen, but I'm going to tell you why. There's some people who are wondering if this was actually a mistake or if this was deliberate. Now, I don't think anybody deliberately did this. I'm wondering, do they have some underpaid intern um, sending out these emails? And so, you know, they were probably like, I don't really care all that much (laughs) what happens. Uh, Just hit that send button. It does make me wonder how are they sending the list? Like, what are they using on the back end? I'm, I'm really, really curious. And I hope the ombudsman's office can shed some light on this because now the ombudsman's office has to carry out an investigation into this data breach um, per the data protection law. I think that they're obligated to report it. So, wow, what a hot mess. This is the very definition. This, this is where I need my hot mess button um, because honestly, what a hot mess, folks. What a hot mess. Yeah, th- th- this is this is really a hot mess. <laughs> um, so what's interesting is I said to the person, I said, well, send me the email. I'm, I'm kind of curious, really. And of course, I could not help myself but looking through the email to see all of the people who are on the list. Hmm. Now, I don't want to be breaching anybody's privacy, although I'm pretty sure your privacy has already been breached, right? 
But these 3,000, oh God, what was the total number? Hold on one second. 3,300 and uh, let me give you the exact number of people on this email list. 3,329 individuals. Now I know your emails. Uh, some are not, some are not as easy to decipher. So the one that says big ass, whatever, three, four, five or whatever, <laughs> only God knows who that could possibly be. But some of your email handles are really, really funny. And I got to be honest with you. How many of you are actively looking for jobs with these email addresses? Do you not have a professional email address like caymanbarbie at hotmail.com? I don't know who Cayman Barbie is, but honestly, you know, even if you're applying to the Ritz, for example, which we're going to talk about tomorrow because we have all the data in um, for the job fair from the Ritz. And you guys are going to be really, really surprised at what's happening. But there's some of you who just got to do better even with your email handles. It's just not professional, <laughs> but it is kind of funny. Um, there was another one. There's a guy, apparently, somebody said, Sandy, are you reading any of your uh, messages online? I said, to be honest. I really haven't been uh, reading the comment section. And there was this one guy, one the, the one that says the big ass, whatever. He's like, uh, can you DM me, please, whoever you are? <laughs> and I thought, oh, my God, this is just, it's just too much. Um, it's funny. And the, well, it's funny and it's sad at the same time. And the sad thing is, apparently, this is not the first time that this has happened. Um, and then Damien on Facebook said yesterday, maybe another 500 might get cut that don't need it anymore. And, you know, someone else was going through the list. I haven't had an opportunity to really look at the emails yet, but it's a lot of emails. And some of these people, number one, I'm like, how did they work in tourism? They didn't really work in tourism. And number two, um, there are some others on here who work full time for government. I'm just saying they've been working and they have full-time jobs. And this was the accusation or the, the you know criticism that has been coming out all of this time about people who were getting the stipend benefit is that how is it possible that they're even receiving this when um, they're working? And so I see a couple civil servants on the list. And someone made a very keen observation. They're like, oh, but this person works in, in GAB and government admin building. And so does this person. And pretty much during the entire pandemic, they were working in that job and they had a full-time job. So how did they get on the stipend list? Obvious abuses here, folks. Thank God this is almost over. Like, seriously? Um, the last administration, a.k.a. the progressive administration, didn't really put any criteria in place. And this is one of the problems, right? Well, they claim you had to be a tourism worker. And I don't even think that that was vetted properly. So this list is super, super interesting. I must tell you. Uh, yeah. So, mm -mm -mm. I mean, I'm just having a quick look at some of the emails now. And I'm just like, Wow. Oh, some of y'all were really taking advantage of the situation to get some free money. Well, now that we know who you are, at least some of you, because some of the names, like I said, I don't know who some of these people are, like Sister Scott, so-and-so at Gmail, no clue who that is. Um, you know, y'all want to make some real concerted efforts to, to seek proper employment oppor opportunities now. Wow.
This is really bad, though, that this was done. And like I said, apparently uh, sources indicate that this is at least the second time that this error has happened. The first time, I'm like, all right, mistakes happen. But a second time, I would be like, you better triple check and double check and quadruple check before you hit that send button that everyone has been blind copied. And like I said, I do not know because I don't believe that you can send this many emails. Like if you're using the standard Outlook, there's a limit on how many people you can attach to that, right? So this has to be some sort of software that they're using to send out these messages. And so for me, the fact that whatever this software is, I'm sure it has the capability to blind copy to BCC people as opposed to carbon copy people. And that mistake, it's a very, very amateurish mistake, has been made with over 3,200 uh, emails. It is 3,300, my apologies. Emails is um, kind of crazy, to be quite frank and honest. And so, I don't know. What do you guys think about this? This is... This is uh, you know, but what are they going to do? The, the, the ombudsman's office is going to do a little report, right? And they're going to say, shame on you, slap on the wrist, don't do it again. And then that's it. Not, not, nothing is going to come of this, except, like I said, some probably poor underpaid intern. Is this a senior civil servant? Um, who did this? So some people are messaging me like, oh, why is this person on the list? When did they work in tourism? Well, funny enough, the person that I just got this message about actually worked at the airport. So they did work in an industry that would have been shut down because the airport was shut down. So that's that's tourism. Um, he was actually a tourism ambassador, I think. So yeah, that's tourism. So every, everybody is now... Um, Everyone is now, um, everybody is now in, in everybody else's business. This is Cayman for you. And they're trying to figure out um, who's, why is this person on the list? And aren't they overseas? And mm, mm, mm. good morning, caller. How are you? I'm blessed and highly favored beyond measures. How about you? Yes, wonderful. Just having a look at this um, stipend list today. Um, it, why aren't they being charged? Who? They should be who, who? all those who defraud the government. Well, they can't be charged because there was never any criteria in place. Oh, <laughs> so, so the previous goodness. government didn't put any criteria in place. They didn't make it an offense to lie to them, obviously. <laughs> they were. It was a free-for-all. So, you know, when something's a free-for-all and they say, oh, you just need to work in tourism and they didn't really necessarily do the best job vetting people and asking for proof of that. Um, they didn't say that you have to not be um, working and you have to actually be displaced and you need to prove that. And, I mean, I don't know. I seem, It seems to me like there was just a lot of, uh, you know, it, it was a free-for-all basically. And by the time this government went in and took it over, those who had been enjoying a free ride um, were kicking up a stink about they don't want to get off the gravy train. My so goodness. It's, yeah, it's, it's a mess, but I mean, hopefully they're trying to now 
clean it up by getting rid of this, the stipend program, which needs to happen. We can't, you know, uh, keep people on that forever. Mm. I don't know. My, that's not good at all. That's not good. Um, Sandy, if I may, I would like to appeal to the public um, regarding some issues that we're having in our community, mm -hmm. our communities, <clears throat> as the as the chairperson for Cayman Kind Action Committee, um, we would like to appeal to the public to regarding their their garbage disposals. Mm -hmm. um, what we're having a problem with is that their people are putting their garbage in little fosters or um, supermarket bags mm -hmm. and throwing out and DEH, uh, when they're picking up garbage, they have a right not to pick it up because in this little bag, 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 it holds up too much time. It also mm -hmm. makes the, 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 the place looks, the community looks um, despicable. Mm -hmm. So we're asking for better <clears throat> garbage disposal. Mm -hmm. Each homeowner, property owner, and especially rentals, they need to have a um, big enough bin to put to put their um, so that their tenants can put their garbage in that is not overflowing and all over the road. So we're asking to try to keep our communities nice, neat, and clean, and to dispose of your garbage in the proper way. Mm -hmm. Now you sent me some pictures, uh, Mr. Amelia, on this. And I must tell you, I'm looking at the second one that looks like it's in a bit of an alleyway, right? And gosh, it yes. looks like there's at least 50 of those Foster's bags um, in, in this little bin. And as you say, some are falling over in the ground. Of course, you're going to have chickens and dogs and everything else trying to pick through Yes, it. Probably even the iguanas are probably picking through this as well. Uh, this is quite an eyesore, but two two observations I made here, which you've touched on, on both of them. Number one, this bin is too small. How many people are putting garbage in this, do you think? Is this like for an apartment complex? Oh. Or is this a house with 50 million people living in it? What, what exactly is this? The, um, the, the, as you can see, the one um, with some garden in it, it says the, the sign says garden. That's complete. Uh, no, not that complex. one. The, the other one. Where's the other the one? The other one is, yes, that's his um, the tenant's property at tenant's yard. And it's not enough um, garbage disposal mm -hmm. to... But I think it's uh, to have something like that, you have like 13, 14 people dumping their garbage there. Oh, my gosh. From that apartment. And, and then, they I, don't, then they don't bag it in a bigger bag so that they can properly secure exactly, it. Exactly. Um, I have the same problem in Windsor Park on Hawkins Drive. There is like, what? 13 to 18 apartments mm -hmm. and one little small bin from, from DEH. And that tends to overflow every three to four days, every three to four days. And that small bin is not sufficient for that amount of, um, of people that are renting those apartments. So we need to look into that as well. Hopefully we can get um, DEH to send out letters to these people to let them know mm -hmm. that their bins are too small or that they're not accepting these little garbage bags and that we can move on from there because then our aim is to get our communities clean mm -hmm. and green. Mm 
Yeah, because let's be very honest here. I feel sorry for the, the um, sanitation workers because if they have to pick up each one of these bags and then throw them in the truck, that's like at least 100 bags right there in this one photo that they're picking up. I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit. Maybe it's like 50 bags, but still. That's mm -hmm. a lot of one, 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 one when they could really consolidate and package. Now, mind you, I'm going to be honest with you. You see how they have these little fosters? I do that, but then I put like three or four of those in the bigger bag, lock and secure the bigger bag, and the bigger bag is what goes out to the garbage bin. So, you know, uh -uh, this is disgusting. These people need to do better. Yeah, I'm, I'm just hoping that um, DEH would just put a red sticker in the bin, leave the garbage and let them know this is unacceptable. So before it gets to that, I'm appealing to the public to do what needs to be done mm -hmm. so your garbage won't get left and the place won't look deplorable eyesore to the community yeah. so and it's a, it's a health risk as well because you got rodents that love this setup you've got you know the chickens are right out of control um you've got rats uh, and i did say rodents right you've got cockroaches all sorts of things love garbage like this it's not very sanitary um so garden courts apartment that's in windsor park no that's in prospect that's in prospect wow mm -hmm. no sir Mm -hmm. Wow, yes, ma'am. Oh, that's a hot mess. Well, thank you, Miss Amelia, for um, always keeping an eye out in the community. Um, folks, the message is very simple. Uh, do a better job of packaging your garbage so that the sanitation workers with the Department of Environmental Health, um, you know, they're able to pick it up properly. Because, yeah, this is that that one in prospect, you can see it screwing all over the ground because already something, I don't know if it was a rat or whatever, has already a dog has already decided to grab at some of those bags. Uh, do you think it would be helpful if DEH put more community bins, like maybe some of the larger bins in certain key areas within uh, the different communities? Well, I think there's a charge for those bins, you know, um, Sandy. Yeah, well, nothing is um, free, Joe. Yeah, nothing is free. So I don't know how they would go about um, that, but I, I think, but if you look at that one in prospect, it has a garbage disposal, that square fit square thing in the photo there that seems to be a garbage dis um, disposal why don't they put the garbage in that and instead of putting it out by the road to make it look like it's i mean in a deplorable condition mm -hmm. i think people just need to be mindful and and uh keep their garbage tidy and neat and until the garbage truck to co can come and pick it up all right <clears throat> thank you my dear appreciate it Thank you very much. Have a blessed day. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, folks. So you heard it. Mr. Amelia is saying, clean up your garbage. And I agree with her based on these photos. Um, Y'all could definitely be doing a better job. Now it's hard because you always produce more garbage than you think. Even for like a smaller household, sometimes like around Christmas time when we're doing extra cooking and we have extra stuff to go out, I'm just always like, ooh, I need more than one garbage pick up per week. Remember when it used to be two weeks? Oh, I reminisce about the two week garbage pickup because I do remember those days and we used to get pick up on Saturdays and was it Thursdays in Newlands? Saturdays for sure. And then I believe it was Thursdays. Now we only get it on in the Eastern districts on Thursdays. 
So, you know, the Department of Environmental Health has cut back on the number of days that it does the pickup, which is one of the reasons why it's also overflowing. And I wonder if we could find out um, why that happened, because no one ever really said anything about it. Um, it just kind of happened. But of course, you know, that department was being operated so poorly that uh, there was a lot of complaints and there was, I think, an Auditor General's report about a lot of overtime. Maybe that's why it went from two days to one day. I'm not really sure because we never heard a real analysis of the Auditor General's report or what decisions came out of that. Sometimes we know that the Auditor General makes these reports and they should be impactful, especially if they're talking about government inefficiencies and how things can be fixed, but good grief. Uh, let the people know why certain decisions are made because like I said, twice a week to me is much more ideal um, I think for most households, but there are definitely some things based on those photos that people can do to clean up their own uh, mess a little bit. Put it in the bigger bags. How hard can it be to buy? I mean, they sell the big containers of like, you can get a hundred of the big garbage bags at a relatively inexpensive price. And if you live in an apartment complex, spread the cost out, like buy a couple and share it amongst each other. Catherine says maybe we should try more recycling, composting, and burn the rest. Well, you can't burn garbage. That's one of the worst recommendations. Catherine, I was with you with the recycling and composting. And then when you got to burning it, I was like, do not encourage people to burn garbage. Um, if there's a professional incinerator, maybe, but all of that has to go in the air, in the ozone, and that's destroying the environment. So I hate when people decide to have a little backyard burn and they just throw in tires and everything else because they don't recognize the dangers of um, the chemicals that they're releasing into the environment. So don't burn your garbage, please. Uh, Diamond Princess says about the garbage bin, when the garbage trucks take the bin out, they don't put them back. And the persons who live in the resident don't put them back. Yeah, I've seen that happen. I've seen sometimes they just throw them in the yard and they go rolling down the street. And sometimes they've not even, like they've left a bag, like a properly packed bag behind. I, I, hey, I've messaged them before and said, come back and pick it up. Because I, I did my part. I packed it properly in a bag and you left behind a bag or you just left it in my lawn and I'm not going to pick it up. You need to do your job. So everybody needs to do their job. Uh, Sari also says that a lot can be recycled, um, tins and plastic, other than tins and plastic. And you'd be surprised the amount of cardboard and glass that comes out of your house. Mm, cardboard. Think about my use. Um, not so sure I do a lot of cardboard, but I try not to buy anything like food in a box for sure. Pasta, maybe. Lavana, good morning. She says that's on her street. She says it's on her street too. Ashridge Road, DH did it to one of them because they didn't have them in any black bags and they were all in foster bags and overflowing. And the landlords are only collecting money and they won't spend on any of these places, especially the garbage areas. Well, landlords do need to shape up. And Lavana, this is where now I'm surprised that there's not some degree of um, government regulation. Like why isn't DEH reminding people, we're not going to pick up your trash bin or your trash if it looks like this. So you need to do your part. And if you're not doing your part, we will not collect it. And not only will we not collect it, but I think that the stratas or landlords need to be fined as well. I bet you they'd get it together real quick if that was the case. Enforcement is a hell of a thing, right? 
you'd be surprised how you enforce it one time. Then everybody's like, oh, DEH is going to enforce this. We better do it. Mm-mm. Louis wants to know who runs the garbage collection. Louis in Detroit. He's a key man in abroad. That is ran by the Department of Environmental Health. It's their truck. It's a government department. And they are responsible for all those sanitation-related matters. Uh, Catherine also says it would be nice if the garbage collectors didn't mistreat the bins too much. Just bought new ones from my parents' house, and now we're missing the lids. Uh, people don't kill me for the post. I'm just saying. Well, yes. I mean, people work hard for you know uh, bins, and listen, those bins are not cheap. So it would be nice if they could put it back how they found it. They also work overnight, right? So oftentimes I think to myself, they're probably so busy and, you know, it's it's dark at night. I don't know how well they're able to see or how much lighting they have when they're going. Because I think normally in our neighborhood, they roll through um, about four o'clock or so in the morning. Because if I'm, if I'm having a bathroom break, I hear them. If I'm in a deep sleep, I don't tend to hear them. But if I'm having a bathroom break, I oftentimes will indeed um, hear them rolling through the neighborhood. So they come pretty early. So again, that's why it helps if you have it uh, properly sorted. Good morning to Omeria. Um, <laughs> Damien says kind of like the status list when 3,000 got. Yeah, so just quickly going back to this list. Um, it is, it is very interesting. Some people are wondering if it was an intentional mistake. Roger says, is Fox News and Twitter on the list? <laughs> Louis comments on that matter. My goodness, what a mess. Um, so Damien is saying someone actually sat for hours and typed them in manually. You can see one email has been repeated six times. Oh, I, again, I, I would find that hard to believe. I think, and I, I certainly stand to be corrected, that um, they would have added them on some kind of a spreadsheet. So, you know, as someone who has myself a substantial email list um, for newsletter or newsletter purposes, um, we use an application that manages it for us. So we can add, we can import from Excel. So if I have like a big list, I could import the list in and then it'll, it'll, it'll do stuff like it'll find duplicates for me and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I, I don't know how you could do it manually with over 3,300 people. So, and I don't know what system they're using that would have allowed the duplicates. That's how the, that's a very peculiar observation to be honest, but yes, honey child. Mm-mm-mm. All kind of people on this list, all kind of Sams and Samanthas and Raquel's and a lot of Ebankses and a lot of Cayman something, something, something. And mm, mm, mm. wow, unbelievable. Um, yeah, it's quite a mistake. And people had a lot, a lot to say about it, really. Good morning to Miss Olivia. Damaris says, uh, I'm watching from Queens, New York. Good morning to you, my dear. Um, Romilia says they should be accountable for their actions. Well, I don't, like I said, I don't know. What are they going to do? 
if this was some poor little kid, like I said, maybe a school leaver who doesn't quite understand how BCC works yet, <laughs> which by now I'm sure the lesson has been learned. Um, you don't want a kid to get fired for this, right? If it's a senior person, I mean, let's think about, about, about the possibilities here. Maybe some little lady who's worked in government for 30 years and still doesn't know how blind copy works. Do you want her to get fired over uh, the fact that she sent and exposed everybody's email address? I think this really comes down to what's the system that they're using to send the emails. Because I think of, I mean, there's, there's tons of ones that are out there um, that allow you to send bulk emails, right? So say, for example, they were using Constant Contact. I don't know what they're using or MailChimp or whatever. None of those systems would allow you to see the other person's email. Like they're all sent and you only see that it was sent to you and nobody else. So, and that has been done in the past with the same email list. So obviously they have the capability to do it. So what happened this time? Only God knows. Hopefully the ombudsman's office will um, answer those questions for us. Nikki, good morning. Good morning. Ervalyn, Jared is here. Uh, the other thing of interest is DCI, talking about data breaches, has also made the point that they had a data breach as well. Now, the DCI email was peculiar because, um, or their press release about this database, they didn't actually say very much. And someone said to me yesterday that they are pretty sure that the law requires them to contact the individuals who uh, may have been impacted by the data breach. Now, I haven't been contacted yet, so I hope I'm not one of those people. Um, it puts the ball in your court, and it says persons with questions can talk, contact DCI compliance team. And um, all it said is that they're investigating an incident that occurred on April the 5th involving the personal data of individuals associated with a small number of licenses, licensees. Hmm, what kind of personal data are we talking about here? And how did the breach happen? None of that is dis, uh, disclosed. It just says DCI immediately took offline its online portal for designated non-financial businesses and professionals. And a system fix is in testing before the system is reactivated. So what this sounds like to me in this case is someone may have hacked into their system, into their website. That's a whole different situation. Um, I don't know if they know exactly how many people are impacted. Maybe that's why they're not saying, but they claim that it's a small number. We have no clue how it came to their attention and all that sort of stuff. So um, lots of questions around this particular one. And of course, DCI is the agency that issues business licenses. So this is super interesting, folks. And on your business license, when you fill out the form or you fill out that database, I mean, people can have your phone numbers, they can have your email addresses, your full name, and all sorts of other information. Now, the fact that you have a um, business license, that might not be, that's a matter of public information, sort of, um, you know, because you can go on DCI's list and you can see who holds a business license. Uh, but if it's a company, you can only see that the company holds a license. You can't see who's necessarily behind the company, right? And then normally they give you the license number and the address. So there is certain amount of information on the DCI website that is in the public domain as it relates to business licenses. So 
quite interesting regarding their breach that we don't really know a whole lot about. Morning, Stephen, joining us in the UK. Uh, Louis says the weather in Detroit is breaking. Springtime is here. Good morning, Miss Mitzi, joining us from North Side. Scott is here. Chantal, Miss Joy from Texas. Miss Brenda. Felicia Marshall Carroll says um, makes it really hard for Butterfield Bank customers to find an ATM. She thinks that moving and closing the Governor Square location is a ridiculous decision. Well, you know, Carol, these companies never consult with anyone before they make those decisions. Um, I can understand the logic why, because at the end of the day, um, they're, they're literally a stone's throw away from Caymana Bay. Like, what is that? Maybe two miles between Governor's Square and Caymana Bay. But I have heard, and again, this is just what I've heard because I've never been there. Um, the location at, at Caymana Bay for Butterfield is really, really tiny is what I've heard. Ugh, these banks seem to be going backwards, but you know what it is. I'll tell you what it is, folks. They just need to be honest with their customers. They've all done it. RBC has done stuff that makes you wonder if they even want to be in retail banking. They're like, oh, we're going to close this. We're going to charge you to take out your own money. Um, somebody mentioned this about Butterfield recently. There's a guy who messaged on, I think it was Facebook. And he said, Sandy, Butterfield now charges me a percentage to withdraw money from my own account if it's like U.S. or whatever. And he's like, why? It's my money. I'm like, honey child, they are really telling you more and more that if you're not in the position to do online banking, they don't care and they don't want your business. Um, and it's unfortunate because not everybody can do online banking, but that's where it's going, right? And, you know, if their online banking systems actually worked as well as they think it did, a lot of us would be more inclined to use it. Mm. So, um, yes, that's a complaint that we've received about, um, I know RBC was doing it. And then I think Butterfield has started charging people, you know, if you want to cash a check, they're going to charge you for that as well. There's just so many things that they're doing now to make banking really, really inconvenient. Try and hush about the paperwork. Oh. God. Don't even mention the paperwork that's involved. Um, so this is what this guy said. He sent this to us, uh, I think, April 3rd. He says, hello, Sandra. Now that you're talking about the logic of exchange rates, I suggest you look into or you speak with um, about the Bank of Butterfield, what they're doing to the customers with a U.S. bank account. They're charging 1.5% on any U.S. dollar transaction. This is utter, utterly robbery. <laughs> and then he showed me proof of it. It's on their website. He said, back in December, I had to withdraw $1,500 USD from my account and they charged me $23 from my very own account. No other bank does that to its customers. I know that uh, more people, the Bank of Butterfield, and they're complaining about it. So um, I don't know if Butterfield is the only one that does this. And it makes you wonder you know, we live in a dual currency environment. So they're now saying that they don't even want to give you US because you're going to start paying a premium for it. It just seems really, really peculiar. But there you have it. These banks don't necessarily listen to their customers. Considering how many uh, banking customers they have, I'm also very, very surprised at how few branch locations they have. Big shout out to CNB for maintaining their local branches. They've got Savannah, West Bay. Where else do they have? I think they have six locations 
They have closed, of course, closed Buckingham once they opened Kamana Bay, but their Kamana Bay location is a decent size. Um, where else is there? There's Elgin Avenue, Savannah, West Bay. Where else is there? Kamana Bay. That's four. I feel like I'm missing one or two. Catherine, good morning again. Sorry. Um, oh, Diamond Princess says about the garbage bin. When the trucks take the bin, they don't put them back. Same thing we were saying. And the persons who live at the resident don't put... Oh, I think I read that one already. Thank you, Diamond Princess. Mm-hmm. Good morning, Tommy. He says it's his birthday today. Happy birthday. Um, he says, appreciate watching the best lady in media. Very articulate and knowledgeable. Appreciate it. Uh, appreciate you, Sandy. Thank you so much, Tommy. And happy birthday. Send us a photo and we'll stick you up and wish you some birthday greetings. All right, Mr. Amelia says, um, if you can take a photo with a date and send it to the Cayman Action Committee, um, ckac345 at gmail.com, they will, um, you know, what are you going to do with the photos, Mr. Amelia? I guess she'll post them up. Steven says, as a former landlord, I held my tenants responsible for the bin area. Hmm. I mean, I see your point, Stephen. Well, they're responsible for how they package it up and take it out there. But really, the landlord is responsible for all of those exterior things. Um, but certainly, you can put rules in place and you can enforce it. So as a landlord, you can say to your tenants, you need to make sure that you're bagging up your garbage correctly. And if we see that you're not, you know, we're going to fine you or whatever. Poor tenants, they're already complaining to me. <laughs> that they're getting the short end of the stick in regards to everything. But I think, you know, there are rules that you have to follow. Uh, Lavana weighs in. She says, I have apartments and the restaurant, and you can't tell that by my garbage. I always take my boxes and excess garbage to the dumpster. So some people do that. I have never in my life been to the um, Mount Trashmore. Not for the purposes of taking garbage, maybe like a story or something. And I don't even know about that, but. Um, so I can't say that I've done that, but sometimes if I have, um, like bigger boxes and stuff, I will actually just call someone who I know can take it directly there. I'll be like, Hey, Mr. Moving Man, garbage collection. Can you come and help me out here? Since we're on the topic of garbage before we get to <laughs> talking about your children, I don't want to call your children garbage because y'all going to be upset with me this morning. But some of your juvenile delinquents uh, are going to be highlighted this morning. And yes, I'm going to show you all the fight videos. And some of you won't like it. You're going to be like, Sandy, you shouldn't do that. Well, when your kids want to behave like they're big and they're bad, I think they need to come with some big bad consequences while we're at it. But uh, we're getting there in a second. So let me give a big shout out to this young man here. Um, we use his services and I saw him on Saturday and I said, Oh, please send me your, um, I'm just going to find it here. Send me your flyer because I want to make sure that I uh, mention you on CMR. The name of his business is Cayman Bin Busters. Now I don't want to take any credit for this because it really wasn't my idea. This was my husband doing his husbandly duties around the place. He, I don't know how he even found out about this guy, but you know, he has contacts, Jill. 
Um, so this gentleman has a business where he will come around and spray out and sanitize your garbage bins for you. Now you can only imagine what goes on in the garbage bin, especially when you're not packaging your garbage properly. We try to package ours, but still garbage is garbage, you know, uh, maggots, germy, all this yucky stuff. So this fella here, let me show you guys. This is a fantastic job, by the way. It's a great idea. Great business idea. He actually goes around and he has his truck and basically a portable, um, it looks like a big power washing machine. And he sanitizes and cleans out your garbage bins for you. And it says here, no more foul odors. Let us do the dirty work for you. 922-9785. Call him. This is his business. This is what he does for a living. And uh, we're one of his clients. And so he comes, um, I want to say once a week, but I'm not 100% sure. But he has us on his rotation list and he comes around and he makes sure that the bin itself is staying as clean as you can possibly expect it to be. Caymanbinbusters.ky. And it says, helping sustainability in Grand Cayman, we clean your dirty trash bin in an environmentally friendly way. So um, check him out. He shows some before and after pictures. Ew. And you know, stuff always gets stuck at the bottom or whatever. Listen, he, he deals with all of that for you. So um, yeah, give, give this young man a call and uh, retain his services. That's one way to do it. Uh, someone else can vouch for him. They say, I use bin busters. He is awesome. The garbage people took away one of my bins. I called to complain and end up buying a new one. Lord, what do they do with it? Mm-mm-mm. What a mess. All right, good folks. Uh, we have another lost phone that has been found. We'll post that up in a bit. So if you lost the phone, this looks like a Samsung. No, I think that's an iPhone. It has a ballistic case on it, a ballistic clear case. So if you've lost your phone with a ballistic clear case, it looks like an older model iPhone. Uh, do give us a call. This could be your phone. Um, I understand that there's a robbery this morning. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Uh, okay. And that's why the helicopter's up. Folks, when you... <laughs> When I'm on the show and you send me a voice note, be very, very aware of the fact that I probably cannot listen to the voice note unless you want me to play it live. So, um, you know, that just isn't going to happen. So let me see what the voice note says. All right. 18 seconds. Have a voice note. I tell you what, let me just mute it for one second because I'm, I'm suspecting it's about this robbery. So hold on one second. We shall play a lovely commercial while I try to listen to this voice note. But I would recommend if you're sending me an urgent tip, don't send a voice note, folks. The Cold Hard Truth is Cayman's number one talk show since it debuted in March 2020. According to independent research, we are the most listened to talk show in 2021, and most people prefer us to any other options on island. We tackle tough issues some days, and other times have fun and lighthearted discussions. But most importantly, the cold hard truth is here for you. 
Thank you for your support as we continue to be the voice of the people in 2022 and beyond. Folks, um, so apparently the voice note says something about there being a robbery in Georgetown in the vicinity of the gas station by Beringa Town, and that's what's happening this morning. So breaking news for you, uh, robbery by um, Beringa Town this morning. So, wow. Be on the lookout. Uh, avoid the area if you can, because obviously if the police are busy um, trying to capture a thief or some robbers, then you probably don't want to be uh, in that area at all. Give, give them room to do what they got to do. Mm-mm-mm. What a mess. Um, is it my imagination or are we seeing an increase in robberies recently? Like that's at least what, four or five armed robberies. I'm assuming it's an armed robbery. They haven't said, but you know, they probably went in there with something. Um, that's at least, oh gosh, the fifth or sixth one this month alone. And we are only halfway through the month. So that is certainly not a good sign. Hmm. Makes me wonder what's going on. 936-2626, folks, is the telephone number if you wish to call in. Um, let me just do a quick social media post while we're at it. And um, yes. <laughs> All right, folks, Bobo 89.1 FM, YouTube and Facebook. Happy Hump Day Wednesday. So let's get into the important conversation that we wanted to um, discuss this morning. And that is your delinquent children Mm-mm-mm. who might become the robbers of tomorrow if we don't get this situation dealt with. So we have a real serious issue with bullying and fights um, in our schools. And it's really unfortunate because I feel like the parents don't have a good handle on this and neither do the administrators, like the school administrators, the Department of Education, the Ministry of Education. Um, no one seems to have a good handle on this at all. Um, so this isn't good. And let's let's talk about it. So one of the issues and I'm going to just go back in my archives here. Uh, Right. So one of the issues, folks, that appears to be happening is that your children think that it's fun to beat up and fight each other. Hmm. It does kind of make me wonder what kind of environments that they're growing up in, that they think that this is the cool thing to do. But um, that's how deep this conversation needs to go because violence apparently is becoming very, very normalized here in this community. But this isn't anything new. Let's let's take a step back. Um, if we go back to, let me see here how far we can go back. I think it's been at least a year or two that we've been talking about this. Yes. Yeah, so March the 14th of 2021, there's a video. It says mother fights at interscholastic sports day to defend her son. 
So that was a viral video back in March. So now we're in another year, same issues. November 23rd of 2020, the RCIPS and John Gray denounced recent school fights. So John Gray, unfortunately, seems to be getting the bulk of it. Not that it does not happen. And I know y'all sitting down there going, oh, Sandy talking about John Gray again. Listen, it happens at other schools, but the volume of fights at John Gray seems to be extremely problematic. In fact, give me a second here now. Let me go back to my WhatsApp messages because it is so bad that um, just yesterday, another parent sent me on Monday a video and says, John Gray High School is really getting terrible. I'm at work now. Oh, yes, that was another message. But basically, they said there were three fights today. That was on Monday. So let me show you. The police are constantly being called. They're showing up. And I think there's a better and more effective way to deal with this situation. And it just isn't being done. The school administrators are lost. They don't, they don't know what to do. The... Um, you know, the the education ministry is lost. Now we have done an entire program on this already where we talked about, we gave some really good recommendations and I'm going to revisit them because they still stand true. So this was November the 19th of 2020. There was an entire show. Listen, I just had a, a deja vu moment, right? So the, that episode was called um, the Cole Hard Truth, John Gray High School Fight Clubs. November the 19th of 2020, we did that show. And here we are talking about the exact same thing again. Really? Because it's not been resolved. Nothing has happened. So it continues to be a problem. So let me show you the, the video from Monday. And then I'm going to show you some other videos in terms of what your children have been up to. Now, some parents are like, oh, Sandy, um, don't be trying to shame my children. Well, your children have no shame. And if you know that your children are getting in trouble and they're getting in fights and you likewise have no shame uh, because you're not doing anything about it, you're not reeling your kids in, that's part of the problem. So have a look at this hot mess of a situation from Monday. That's just this Monday. Three fights on Monday alone. <laughs> Really? Let's watch it again. Cause I think y'all might've missed the hoodlums. <laughs> All right. So that looks like that's a parent. Is that a parent trying to get in the mix and then being told to go back to her car? <laughs> Oh my God. It's like a free for all. Seriously. Well, um, that's what your children are doing. Isn't that a sad indictment on this entire community? That poor mother, I don't know if her children was one of those kids and maybe she was trying to, you know, get to her child to make sure that your child is safe, but there's more to come. We have other videos here. Some days are having five to 10 fights a day. And then we wonder why your children are not learning anything. Well, geez, I'm peace. It, it would be miraculous, in my opinion, if they were able to learn and retain any information given this type of environment. I'm not surprised. 
that the schools are having a difficult time. And, and the horrible thing about it is that this is so prevalent that the poor school administrators are spending, it's the 80-20 rule. You know what the 80-20 rule is, folks? You spend 80% of your time dealing with 20% of the people. This is the case with everything. If you're in business, 20% of your people are the ones who are going to give you 80% of your headache. In this situation, 20% or less of the children are causing 80% of the problems. But that's a big deal. Because if the school is spending 80% of their time dealing with the 20 percenters, you know, all the other kids, all the other 80% of the kids who are perfectly good kids and they're fine and whatever, they're the ones who get the short end of the stick. They're the ones who have to live in this crazy, tumultuous, dysfunctional environment. They're the ones who are being bullied by the 20 percenters. Right? They're the ones whose education will suffer because of the 20 percenters. And I think that we need to revisit what we're doing with these children and how we're handling them. And enough is enough, essentially. And they're parents who are fed up to the max. They're saying, Sandy, I cannot take this anymore. You know, they're at their breaking point. They don't know what to do. It's difficult to pull a child out of a government school. Some parents are looking at homeschooling options. They are looking at, um, you know, if they can put their child in a different school, a lot of parents can't afford some of these schools in terms of private options, but they know that the government schools are a problem. Now, a couple of weeks ago, someone sent me some kids at private school and they're like, oh, look, it's not just government school. But the observation that I made is those kids were not even fighting in school. They might've been fighting outside of school, but they were not fighting in school, Right. And your children are most disruptive when they're fighting in school and they're causing havoc for other children who, like I said, are there trying to learn. So let me give you guys some other example, examples, multiple, of what's happening in your schools with your children fighting. And I hate to say this, but I'm going to say this because Caymanians need to wake up. The vast majority of these children that I see fighting are all Caymanian children. They are local children. They are black children, children of color. And this is despicable. So I've got one, two, three, four. Let me tell y'all five videos here that I'm going to be showing y'all this morning in addition to photo evidence. If you identify your children in this, might I recommend to you that you have a serious conversation with your child? Because what they're now doing is they're organizing these fights in such a manner that it looks like you've just paid a ticket and you've gone to see UFC um, fight night or fight day at John Gray High School. It's, just, it's, it's utterly despicable. And I think that some of you parents, either you don't know what's going on or you are willfully turning a blind eye. And it's not just the young men, it's also the girls <laughs> who are fighting. And they're setting this up. I'm, when I, listen, when I show you these videos, just give me a second. I'm saving the fifth video right now. And then we're going to go through them one by one. What is actually happening here is they're setting this up as though it is a fight night. That's why we're calling it the fight clubs. And they're also setting this up on social media. You guys need to get a handle on what your children are doing on social media, because a lot of it is being done for social media clout. The reason they're organizing these fights is so that they can have photos and videos circulating um, on social media.
And that's the whole end game is to become social media famous. Well, you know what? They want to be social media famous. We're going to give them a little bit of fame this morning. Because um, as parents, you guys need to get together. And some of these little boys that are fighting, when I say that they're little boys, they look like they're barely out of diapers. I mean, really and truly. I don't know what's going on here. They're middle school kids. They're so tiny. They look like they wear a little size seven and eight pants. Look at this. Look at these little girls in the bathrooms. But y'all need a reality check this morning. And if nobody else is willing to give it to you in this community, the politicians don't want to tell you that literally you are raising, um, you know, hoodlums for children. Uh, they're just trying to deal with the situation, but the situation is at a breaking point. And this is really no joke. I have parents calling me, crying on the phone, sending me distraught messages. I'm going to read another message that um, a parent sent yesterday that is going to blow your socks off in terms of what your children are doing, how they're texting each other, and the types of things that they're saying. It's The word despicable is too nice of a word in terms of what's going on. All right, give me one quick second. I'm going to queue up some of these videos, folks, and we're going to do a deep dive into this conversation. Good morning, folks. Uh, already getting lots of messages from people. This parent just says, Sandy, your show is hot this morning. It's unfortunate that I even have to talk about your children, folks, because believe me when I tell you, there's so many other topics that I would rather be covering, but I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine fight videos that your children are orchestrating setting up on social media. They've got these Instagram accounts. Folks, don't allow your children on Instagram and Facebook unless you have proper supervision in place. 99% of your children should have no social media accounts. They're under the age of 16 or 17. Take away these smartphones or lock down these accounts. No Snapchat, no, no Instagram, no Facebook, no TikTok. Rein your children in. You are allowing your children to ruin their own lives and only God knows why. What, what are they doing on social media? Do you know? Because the fact that you don't know is a problem. Every single parent, you want your children, well, I don't know when something going to happen. My child might need to call me. Give them one of those phones that you can only receive calls. Give them no data right? Every day you come home, let me see your phone, kid. Let me go through your calls. Let me go through what videos are there and let me see what you are recording. Because one of the things that is motivating the fights in these schools is the fact that children are trying to get clout is what they call it on social media. 
They're just looking at tension. Who's the biggest? Who's the baddest? And the way that they do that in this day and age, folks, is they take to social media, they create these fight club Instagram accounts. Sometimes the kids be reporting on each other and sending it to me. Miss Sandy, here's this one, here's that one. Every time I get one, I try to report it to Instagram and Facebook so they can shut it down. And I report them to the police as well because they need to come down. But you as parents have an obligation because the people who are creating these accounts are your children. So if you don't know what they're creating and what they're doing, get it together. No child should have a smartphone that goes unchecked. As parents, there are tools that you can download on your children's phones. And we're going to break it down here, folks. We're gonna, I'm going to go through all of it. There are tools, software that you can download every time your child types a message. You know what that child has said. If you want to give them the ability, folks, to have a phone that comes with a lot of responsibility, and ultimately, you are responsible for monitoring your children because the police also need to start holding parents responsible for the actions of their children. And if that is not happening, of course, the children are going to continue to be hoodlums. I'm going to show y'all a message because I'm not entirely sure that some of you comprehend how bad the situation is. Mm -hmm. So let me show you how bad it is. A parent messaged me yesterday and she said, Sandy, um, I understand that you're going to be talking about this topic. I saw it on your thing and I want to share something with you. When I saw this message, I was so utterly disturbed by the text and the content of the message. I was like, what? What is this? And she's like, this, somebody sent this to my child. I, I, I'm like, who? The, the, the child does not even know who this person is. They've identified the child as a John Gray High School student. The child that she's messaging doesn't go to her school. They don't know each other. They're not friends, but they have friends in common. So they have extended their bullying. Let me make sure that we comprehend what I'm trying to tell y'all. They have extended their bullying outside of their school environment. Now they're trying to go after private school kids, probably even kids who are homeschooled, that they don't even know, Right? But they're going to just pick on someone because they think, oh, this child is an easy victim. My God. This little girl is a 13-year-old. Well, I don't even know how old the, the victim is. But she is homeschooled. And she, all she knows is that this 13-year-old child sends her this message, goes to John Gray High School. They've never met this person in life. And this is what I'm trying to tell you. A lot of children haven't met each other, but they have this made up beef in their head over social media. Social media has added a whole entire new element to the bullying thing. When we were in school, we all went through bullying. We were called names. I, I went through bullying. Seventh grade was hell. You know what I'm saying? When I was in high school, yes, I was in, in honors biology and I had to beat up Mike, defend myself against Mike because he thought 
after an entire term of bullying me and I'm reporting it to the teacher, he thought one day he's going to roll up on me and slap me physically. And that it was just going to go down like that. Well, I may have looked a nerd and I may have been a nerd, but I was like, bitch, you're not going to slap me and get away with it. The one fight that I had in school was against a guy named Mike. Right? Thank God I wore pants that, way, that day. I had on jeans. Because, child, it wasn't pretty. And, you know, I was like, nobody touches me. <laughs> this, is, this is unacceptable. You get carted off to the principal's office. Well, back in those days, they were just as slack as dealing with it. Because I gave my side of the story. They had um, the professor, the teacher knew I'd been complaining about Mike. He'd even moved me in the classroom from Mike, put Mike all the way in the back of the classroom, put me in the front. And Mike is still at it. So one day during midterms, I'm minding my own business, walking down class, and he's going to call me the B word. And I was like, whatever, Mike. No, you listen to me. And I turned around and looked at him and gave him one look. Chai, you know that came out and look where you're like, you must be crazy. Who are you talking to? And then he just decides that he's going to haul back and slap me. And I was like, no, not, now you've gone too far. So after the fight, we go to the school administrator. School administrators failing people left, right, and center. They don't know what to do. And, oh, well, you know, we're going to have to think about it. And I'm like, what is there to think about? This dude just attacked me. I defended myself. You need to suspend him. It is just, and I'm going to tell you the rest of the Mike story here in a second, but this isn't about me, right? This is about your children now. The point I'm trying to make is we've all been there. We've all had issues, but it is now at a different level and it is being escalated. Let's look at this message because of social media. People think that they can hide behind social media accounts. Now look at this, bitch, watch your effing. And she didn't spell it out back one day. I'm going to come and slit your throat. I'm going to call all my John Gray girl to come beat your fat ass up. L-M-F-A-A-O. First of all, your children can't write. What they should be focusing on is their education. Th this is going to be the, the, the future of Caymanian children who are out there at a rich job fair talking about they want a job with the Ritz-Carlton. Y'all have got to be joking me. They're going to be applying for government jobs, talking about they should be hired at the port, or where else would they like to go? You guys need to rein this in. Who is Gabby less than 333? You know, somebody out there right now, this is your child. Your child has just sent this message. She is a 13-year-old John Gray student, and I want to talk about the horrible mistake the government has made with putting these children all in one school together, middle and, and high school, and they have no, absolutely no control over the situation whatsoever. They need to, they need to desegregate back these schools. That has been one of the biggest issues. So Gabby, her real name is Gabriella. And yes, I'm going to show you her Instagram account here today. Because anybody who has the audacity to send this kind of message to another child has no shame. And clearly, their parents have no control over them. So who's Gabby? Okay. There's her picture. Wanna be gangster. Yeah, she looks really gangster. I mean, seriously. 
Uh, 35 posts, 104 followers, and she's following 123 people. You got a daughter named Gabriella that's 13 years old that go to John Gray High School. Can you please call your daughter today? Because you need to be seeing the messages that your daughter is sending to other people. That's, that's her Instagram handle. Same Instagram handle that sent this message. Read it in, folks. Believe me when I tell you, you need to read it in. Okay? This is not acceptable. Speak to your child. Let her know that that message that she just sent is a criminal offense. And she could be, she could end up in court over making threats of violence like that. What the hell does a 13-year-old named Gabriella know about slitting somebody's throat and threatening this poor child about how her girls from John Gray, I'm going to call all my John Gray girl. You better learn how to spell. That's what you better try and do. Stay in school, Gabby, and focus on your education. Listen, I am really not business about the parents today who are sitting there going, oh, no, Sandy, don't call out my daughter. If your children have the audacity to do this, they need to be called out. And it's one of the problems in this community. We are hiding the badness in our community. Y'all only want to focus on certain things. But when it comes to our children, the safety of our children, the bullying in school, all these fights, nobody wants to touch it. No, we're not going to do that. Well, yes, we are. We're doing it this morning. Brandon says, wow, even poor Brandon, he's shocked. Dacia says, I agree with you 100%. It's not the school that's a problem. Well, the schools are part of the problem, Dacia, and I'm going to tell you why here in a little bit. The ugly truth says, call your daughter, huh? Uh, they're going to call you to cuss you out and said, apples don't fall far from the tree. Oh, I know. I know. Trust me. And that is part of the problem. Now, I don't know Gabriella, and I don't know who her parents are yet, but I'm sure we can find out, honey chow. It's entirely possible that Gabriella comes from a good home, although highly unlikely. They probably got some issues in the household. Right? But... Sometimes children act out and children say things. Listen, I got a five-year-old and already she might say little things to her friend like, oh, I don't want to play with you. And the school says, you know, she's being very cliquish. She only wants to hang out with one friend at school. And I said, no, 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 no. Uh-uh. I said, Gianna, we have more than one friend at school. Oh, but so-and-so is my best friend. No, she's not. I don't know at five years old how you already determined that you have a best friend. I said, it's good to get to know different people. If you only hang out with this one person, of course, you're going to think she's your best friend. But I talk, don't you like so-and-so as well? Yeah, mommy. Well, don't you? Yeah. Okay. Sometimes as parents, you have to recognize patterns of behavior very early on and start to nip it in the bud. Right? You hang out at school all day and then the parents say to me, oh, can she come over and have a play date? My answer is no. Now, you know, some people, some parents be thinking, oh, that's Sandy. Hell, she's so salty. It doesn't have anything to do with that. They spend enough time at school. And I really think that your daughter, just like my daughter, needs to have some other friends. (laughs) 
outside of school. You want a play date? Have a play date with somebody else that she doesn't spend a lot of time with. Mix it up. Because you're encouraging this clickish behavior. Perla says some parents give them way too much freedom. Yes, they do. Unchecked social media accounts are a problem. Every single parent this morning, if you are listening to this program, you should be checking your children's phones, social media accounts, and the vast majority of you should be shutting them down. Why is the social media? Why is a 13-year-old, my apologies, on Instagram to begin with? What is she doing? Why does she need to have an Instagram account? Now, I see some of y'all calling my regular phone. That's not the phone to call in if you want to get on the show. The telephone number is 936-2626. So what we have going on here, folks, is a lot of parents just have no clue. Or they're turning a willful blind eye to the realities of what their little monster children are up to. Juvenile delinquents is what they are. So this parent who sent me this message that Gabby decides to send to her daughter, she's like, I don't even know what to do. Well, you know what you do? You call the police on Gabby. That's what you do. Gabby wants to be a big woman using all these big fandangling curse words. Oh, good for her. Good. (laughs) You know what happens when in the real world, you send those kind of messages to people, Gabby? You get the police called on you. And the police come and pay you a visit. And you can be arrested and charged. Maybe a stern warning will do Gabby some good. And maybe it won't. And maybe she needs to be arrested as a 13-year-old. Y'all playing, y'all trifling with these children. You see, I grew up in a very um, strict environment. Aunt Lottie did not joke, okay? Now, I do think she was a little bit too strict. However... There's a lot of things um, that she did that I must tell you that I completely agree with. And some of it y'all could adopt. Cell phone. Well, back in those days, we didn't have mobile phones like what y'all got now. Mobile phones were just starting to come in to their own in the early 90s. You still had those big clunky phones. You know, that was that was what it was. And you couldn't afford that because they were like ridiculous priced but I could imagine my aunt being like you want a what <laughs> no honey gel when you can work and afford to buy one on your own aka when you're an adult then you can get all the mobile phones you want y'all are out there complaining about a free meal on government's dime right And you can't afford this and you can't afford that and the cost of living and blah, blah, blah. But you going out buying a $1,300, $1,400 phone for your child. Hmm. How does that work exactly? Oh, didn't I give my children enough food? The quality of food not that good? Well, you claim that you can't afford food for your own children. So do tell me how you can afford to buy them all this other stuff, including mobile phones. Rein your children in. If every single parent 
took this approach, we would have fewer problems. You want to know why you want to rein in the phone access? Because now let me show you some of the videos to prove the point. Your children are purposely setting up fighting situations. And by the way, school administrators, I'm coming to you next because you need to get your shit together too. Parents, it starts with you. These are your children. These are our future. If you have a, a home environment that is dysfunctional, your children are fighting like cats and dogs at home, <laughs> that will spill over into schools. They take that behavior and that attitude into the school environment. Some of y'all are going through divorces. Unfortunately, the children are having to suffer in those dysfunctional situations. Some of y'all believe that, oh, I just beat up on my kid whenever I get upset with them and that's, that's gonna make them behave. And you're not understanding the message of violence that you teach, violence begets violence. You don't have to beat your children to raise good, decent human beings. All right, we got a caller calling in. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Morning, Miss Sandra. Morning, sir. How are you? Okay. Um, I'm calling from Norwood. Yes, I'm over sir. The, um, I'm, I'm calling. I'm on a block with the um, people in isolation. With oh. COVID. Okay. Okay. Um, from this morning, you have a old man with a peacemaker that has been complaining to the officer, say he feeling like he wants to drop down and he feel like he can't really breathe. Mm -mm. And, and he been sitting down begging the officers from like seven o'clock this morning and they've been telling him, oh, wait till the doctor come, wait till the doctor come. And then you have a next guy with, um type 1 diabetes that has been complaining of aches and pains and stuff like that there. and he's been begging them to go to the hospital and no one wants to care of it. And the isolation situation that is going on, the people that has been here before, they just keep adding people and adding people to the situation. Mm -hmm. And the block, the block that they, 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 they sent us to, first we win IU, they, um, the isolation unit, mm -hmm. then they moved us to Delta, which was in really, really bad condition yesterday. We had to stand up outside in the hot sun to when the um the block was cleared. And we've been asking the doctor to tell the chef that we need fruits and orange juice and Gatorades and them stuff to help us, you know, build our immune system and keep us up. But we haven't got none of that. We've been requesting to see the director, but he has not. We have no answer. When we tell them that we're going to go live with Miss Sandra mm -hmm. so we can make the people know, mm -hmm. it's like, it's okay, like we don't have no rights then. Then you have a young man with, that had a collapsed lungs two times. He's been complaining, asking him to go to the doctor because he feels short of breath. It has been no, no answers for us. Mm -hmm. It sounds like the situation at the prison is definitely getting worse by the minute. Yeah, it is. It mm -hmm. is. But I just ask you, we, just, we, we, we need some help, miss. All right, really. my dear. Um, I'm sure the powers that be are listening because they're always listening. And I have um, just taken the liberty of, of messaging the um, premier as well. Now, I know that um, I think prison falls under, well, it used to be Bernie Bush because that would be um, home, uh, home Affairs. So I believe now it's going to be Sabrina Turner. 
So let me send this to Miss Sabrina right now and ask her to. They need to do something about the prison, obviously. Um, I really do agree. And yeah. it's like we don't have no rights. Mm -hmm. Like we don't like we're not entitled to nothing. That's how we feel it. No for the inmates they're in isolation right now. They it just feel like no hope. Mm -hmm. Has and, um, has the situation gotten worse? Let me ask you a quick question here. Has the situation gotten worse since the previous directors left? I know you guys have an acting director. Yeah. Yeah, she that director, the, the acting director, mm -hmm. if you ask the prisoner, he's no good. Mm -hmm. He don't does nothing. He don't does nothing for the prisoners. Understand? Mm -hmm. And um, I've been on the road for from COVID started, right? Mm -hmm. I never did catch. I never did catch COVID. I only been here almost three months, and I got COVID. Huh. Of course, of course. So it shows. You understand? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, undoubtedly, it's difficult to control COVID in a situation where you guys are in such close contact. But when people are sick and they're asking for LFTs, they're asking for PCR tests, they're asking for medical care, I do not comprehend why you guys are being denied the right to those things. It just doesn't make any sense. You see the last name when we called from Charlie, mm -hmm. it was me, my friend, that called you. Then they tried to say that they never told us that the PCR test, I mean the um, the flow test, wasn't for us. You understand? They started switching up the whole thing. And I was like, Mona told us this. Mm -hmm. understand? And then right after you made the big old article about it, they started giving us the testing. Mm -hmm. Wow. wow. Yes, yeah, they know they need yeah. to do better. I just ask me if we could just please we just get out to the ministry and make them know. Yes. That we need well, trust me, several thousand people now at least have heard you. Um, so I think the ministry will get the message loud and clear. And um, I'll reach out to Miss Sabrina Turner. She's just taken over this ministry of home affairs. But I wonder what they intend to do about the prison situation because it really is, it sounds like it's deplorable. But the topic this morning is I'm trying to talk about some of these young people fighting in schools that we're trying to prevent them from having to go to prison for their own good. I appreciate your phone call this morning. Okay, then, Miss. All right, my dear. Thank you, too. Thank you. All right, folks. So again, prisoners calling yet again. How hard can it be to manage the prisoners, especially with this COVID situation? If people need a doctor, that's not like a special privilege. That's a human right. Get the guys a doctor. They're diabetic. They Some of them have seizures. They have problems. Yes, they've done something wrong and they end up in there, but that doesn't mean that you get to mistreat them. Oh, my God. Goodness, come on. Civil servants, I'm not even saying the government. There's a political arm of the government sitting there shaking their head too. The acting director, Daniel Greaves, sir, if it's not working for you, don't take the position. Just because somebody offers you something don't mean that you're ready. And it doesn't sound like you're ready. Let's go back to talking about your children. I'm trying to prevent them from going to jail. Gabriella, we don't want you to end up at Fairbanks. You might be too pretty for Fairbanks. Somebody going to trick you out up in Fairbanks because you, you think you're bad? Child, please. All right. The phone situation. Let me make this very, very clear. Parents, 
No phones should be allowed in schools. I'm going back to this November the 19, 2020 uh, article that we did, where we gave some recommendations to the school administrator, anybody who would take the advice, department, the Ministry of Education, anybody. Emma says, Parenting 101 today touched Sandy's weakness or children. Anna done know where she stand when it comes to children. Sorry for the guilty this morning. Not. I will spare nobody this morning, including your own children for their own good. If we cannot be honest and address the problems. So back in November of 2020, here I am talking about 20 to 27 fights that week alone. Two weeks ago on a Friday, there was um, five fights in one day. Three fights on Monday at John Gray. I'm just going to go through this again because really not much has changed from the recommendations that I made a year and a half ago. Same thing. Number one, no phones allowed in school. Implement an immediate no phone policy. Everyone bringing one to school will have it confiscated by security at the front gate, kept in a safe place, and anyone found with a phone will be automatically suspended from school or written up. All right, folks, that suggestion remains a good salient point. One of the reasons why your children are acting out is because they want to be able to video record these fights. They're setting these fights up so that then they can get this social media and this Facebook clout. Let me show you the evidence. Which fight number shall we pick, Jared? Which number? Give me a number between one and... Seven, no, one and eight. Five. Number five. Let's pick number five. Fight number five, folks. Here you go. Did y'all just see fight number five? Let's watch it again. Do y'all recognize those little juveniles right there? They look like they're in middle school. They do not look like high schoolers, right? But yet they want it to be fight night 101 at John Gray High School, boxing each other in the body, in the head. And the day that one of them accidentally hits your child too hard and causes your child to have brain damage or makes your child fall down and hit their head and bust their head wide open and kills your child, oh, then the government, the school, everybody can jump up because somebody's going to get sued. I am saying to you this morning, folks, before it gets to that point, because as a parent, you need to be sued too. Before it gets to that point where a child just senselessly loses their life. We need to get this fight situation under control. This is, your children are acting worse than animals. I don't see too many animals that go on like this for no reason. At least when animals fight, normally it's like a reason. What, 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 what's the objective here? Why are your children acting like this? What is wrong with them? They need psychological help. They need therapy. 
This kid looks like he needs to be in a boxing program. Whatever happened to the youth boxing program? He needs to be in that where he's hitting a, a bunch in, a punching bag because clearly he got some, some kind of anger issues. This is not normal. Jared, pick another number. You pick number five. Give me another number. Number two. Number two. Fight number two coming up here, folks. Here we go. Number two. Your money, what the fuck? Almost one minute, folks, of those two little boys fighting. You see the little small one? Poor him. He, he like, he, you can tell these kids don't even want to fight. Oh, give him an uppercut. Give him a right hand. Give him a left hand jab. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Where's school security during all this? Now, um, you know, I wasn't born this size. And it doesn't take much to understand how school security now is part of the problem. And this is where I think that in a lot of instances, the schools are doing the best that they can. But when it comes to controlling these fights, they're not doing enough. Here's why. You know the children are going in the bathrooms and they are fighting. There should be a security guard stationed at every single bathroom. No more than two people in a bathroom at a time. This gang up mentality where all these children are going in there together to watch and record a fight should not be allowed. Good morning, caller. Good morning. How are you? My dear. Um, they have me good. hot today. <laughs> I can tell. And good morning, everyone in, in these beautiful Cayman Islands. Good morning. I just wanted to call in real quick and just, you know, I noticed just kind of going through the comments. I see a lot of people are putting blame on parents. They're putting blame on school. And I just wanted to remind everyone that you remember a long time ago when they used to say it takes a village mm -hmm. to raise a kid. Yes. And what's happening right now is we're living in a society where everybody want to mind their own business. Nobody mm -hmm. wants to get involved with anybody else. Everybody yep. just doing their own thing. You see something happen and nobody don't say nothing about mm -hmm. it. Our mm -hmm. children and the generation behind us is now taking on that same kind of attitude yes. when you look at these videos you can tell that these young men some of them they're fighting just for for soul like you said maybe they exactly. have some kind of fight club or something going on but we need to be asking ourselves the questions that you are putting out there to the community this morning why are these things happening where is security now i did not grow up in school here i went to school in florida mm -hmm. but even there they had mm -hmm. security guards present on the little golf carts and riding up and down the hallways Thank with you. their baton in their waist. Retired mm -hmm. police officers. I understand that there was a time here in Cayman where we never needed this, but guess what happened? Mm -hmm. We are in extreme 
situations now. Extreme situations call for extreme measures. Mm -hmm. There needs to be transparency, right? What kind of training are these security officers going through that makes them Mm -hmm. suitable to be on campus dealing with children? What kind of training are the teachers being given to allow them to identify when there are mental breaks or something is not right Mm -hmm. with the child? What kind of resources are being provided? I myself had my my son ended up in the hospital for two days mm-hmm. last year after he was mistakenly, mistakenly identified. The kid mm-hmm. thought he was some other kid. Oh Roll up on him, box him, hit him down. Guess what the school did before oh I even got there? Wash out all the blood out of his shirt. Mm-hmm. My child ended up in the hospital for two days because he has a bleeding disorder. So had that punch hit him in his head, like you mentioned earlier, we would be having a whole nother conversation right now. Do you know what that young man got? Probably Two days suspension. Not, probably nothing. I'm surprised they even Two did that much. Two days. Exactly. So the thing is here, the schools need to take more responsibility and stop hiding things up underneath the rug. The ministry and the government need to take responsibility. Parents need to take responsibility. Mm -hmm. Community members need to take responsibility. Mm -hmm. We need to stop looking for people to blame and start looking for solutions and start speaking up. We're not living in times when we were kids anymore. Mm -hmm. Things are different. There's so much things going on in this world. Our children need love. Mm -hmm. They need respect. And there's a lack of both of those things on the school campus. There's a lack of inspiration, lack of motivation, lack of encouragement, lack of support. If you don't, if you don't come out of your mommy belly mm-hmm. smart, already straight A and genius, then a business about you. Mm-hmm. And that mentality needs to change because every single child is different. Every single child is unique and there needs to be programs in the school to deal with those children, whether they're troubled or they're not troubled, whether Mm -hmm. they're bullies or whether they're victims, perpetrators, victims, they're all our children. Mm -hmm. They're all children of the Cayman Islands. So that's it. That's all I wanted to say. I appreciate that, my dear. And I I agree with you 100%. Thank you too. Thank you so much. God bless. All right, my Bye-bye. And I agree with this caller, folks. And that is why, um, honestly, I'm here even having this discussion. I have a five-year-old. And you better believe me when I tell you, fight clubs? First of all, the punishment that would come down and her so quickly. <laughs> Don't even get me started. She's not going to go through life being nobody's punching bag. And she's not going to be punching at anybody. That's, that's not going to be her life. And I mean, like I said, I don't believe in corporal punishment when it comes to children, because I think that is actually part of the problem. We are growing up in violent homes and violent communities where the only way that we can control our children is by making them our punching bags, by beating them, by whipping them, by taking the tamarin switch and this switch and that switch. That's the message that you're, you're putting out there to your children, that violence somehow makes sense as long as you tell somebody you love them along with the message, along with the beating. And so you're prepping them for this type of behavior. But I agree with her when she says that we need to speak out. And the village, the village has has fallen apart. The village has fallen apart, folks. And so, yes, I'm part of the village. And I'm calling out the foolishness that I'm seeing here today. The school administrators need to do more. Why is it that children, they know when you have five fights a day, do you not know schools how these fights are happening? Oh no, 
We got higher security guards who are not trained to be security guards. They just come here on a work permit. Here you go. You want a work permit? Come work for my security company. No qualifications. They don't know how to break up a fight. They don't know how to de-escalate de any situations. They've had no type of training to work in security, none at all. Nothing about conflict resolution, nothing. That's not what qualifies them. All they need is a clean police record from wherever they're coming from. And you know, that's easy to get in some countries and buy that off the shelf practically. And they just show up and, oh, here I am, hire me. And then they're made to work with your children. Some of them don't even like children, much less. But the lack of common sense is shocking to me. Every single day that the police has to be called, it seems to me like what they need to do is just have some of these community officers put them through some training and let them stay and work in the schools. Regular assignments. RCIPS, are you listening? John Gray, high school administrators, are you listening? Minister, are you listening? Premier, are you listening? This has been going on for two years. I have been writing about this. And it's escalating and nothing is being done. It doesn't take a genius here, folks. Station community officers in the schools every day, that's their job. No child gets to go to the bathroom with 10 and 12 other boys, really? There's not even 10 and 12 stalls in there for them to use. Officers, station your behinds at the bathroom doors and you stand there. You wanna go in? One at a time. Go, in, go, go up and then fight yourself. See who gonna be recording that for you. Jared, pick another number. I go with four. Number four this time. DJ Trucking says, um, K-Man has soft laws, so nothing will change. Well, something had better change. Um, he's asking if that was an adult in the corner in the red shirt. No, that was just a child that was a little bit fatter, child. That's probably one of the high school children that's a little bit bigger because, again, you're mixing um, middle school and high school kids. So I think that that little, the little tiny one, he looked like he could be in elementary school. So he's probably in middle school. What what age does middle school start at here, Jared? I think 12, 11, 12. That's the starting age when you get into 12. high school. Right? Yeah, no, middle school. What 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 would a middle what would age would middle school be? Other than your seven to nine. And that's what age? And that would be from eleven to about So you 13. have preteens yeah. that you want to put in an environment um with 15 and 16 year olds and you all think that somehow that is normal that ain't normal who who was it that changed the school system mixing up middle and by the way i'm um, fix, fix your mic this morning jared you got that mic problem again you can't hear me or no it's not me. very good i can hear you but okay. it's not very good Let me adjust that real all quick. right so who whose brilliant idea was it to put middle and high schools together again undo it you know you know what is so funny about politicians right they want to go in there and undo everything else sometimes. Well, I don't, I don't like the fact this one. Did. Um, how many years have we been saying that this isn't working? Just like segregating our schools, expat versus non-key management, it's not working. Fix it. You've had more than enough time. Good morning, caller. 
Somebody said that, um somebody said they must have had my phone line tapped because they hear clicking in the phone. Well, I don't know. But they, they must be yeah, bored. So they must be bored they if they got time for all that. No, they have it at the, the prison. Oh, so they're listening at the prison. They're listening on the prison mm -hmm. calls. Oh, okay. Well, poor prison. They so block they so block them from calling that number two. Don't worry, prisoners. So, we can get burner numbers for y'all to keep calling. So I just call in to talk about with the school situation because when I used to go. Remember, they had the old, where Syphek is now. Mm -hmm. they, that used to be middle school. And then where John Gray is now, that was the high school. Mm -hmm. So it was still split. But, and then I think then it merged. I think when it was Hurricane Ivan. So I think something needs to be done. Like how they don't have the two campus that they can't do that. They need to um either split the split the, the year group and make some come like on a Monday, Tuesday or make some come in a morning shift and then the other rest on the evening shift so all 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 the students now mixing together. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So something needs to be done like that. Yeah, there has to be some some solution. Now, what's going on with this the physical campus, the one across from, what is that, UCCI? Is that ever going to get finished? That's like the project that has and, never been completed. But, and I started from when I was going to school and how long I've been out of school now? 11 years, 12 years. Mm, mm, mm. What a hot mess. Renita says that was the dumbest decision the government made. Mm -hmm. Thank you, my dear. Appreciate it. Okay. All right, dear. Um, I agree, Renita, and it has to be undone. The thing is, I don't understand why they haven't fixed it. So Tracy says children are products of their environment. If they're in an abusive home, they're more likely to rebel and bully because they're victims themselves. It's a vicious cycle. Both the victim and the bully suffer. No human should harm another human. There's always an underlying reason for their behavior. Ms. Morna says we have to put a stop to this kind of stuff before it's too late. When it comes on cutting somebody's throat, come on, parents, take action of your children's wrongdoing straight up. You, you heard that parent say that her child has um, a blood clotting uh, disorder. Um, sounds like he might be a hemophiliac. And so if he gets injured, any injury, might be considered small, is a real serious concern. And here are these children beating up on people. Again, mistaken identity wasn't even him that they were supposed to be going after. And you only get suspended for two days? Okay. Let's watch video number four, and then we're going to go through some real solutions here because we can talk about the problem all day. We know the problems exist, but until we implement some of these solutions, not a thing will change. <sighs> video number four, folks. Here we go. All right, so video number four, as you can see, takes place out in the parking lot. Let's have a look. Wow. All right, so um, there's cars, parking blocks. Children have fallen and hit them heads, their heads on those before and died as a result of an injury like that. And your hoodlum children out there doing this. Here's another recommendation. Um, anyone caught instigating or starting a fight is suspended from school. 
And you need to look at how the suspension program is actually working. Now, you better believe that if you called my aunt Lauder, told me you got a suspension notice, she said, oh, really? So I have to stay home with you because of bad behavior because you were suspended from school? There were some dire consequences that were coming my way. These children get suspended and get to do what? Stay home and play PS5 all day? A suspension might actually mean nothing to them, especially if the parents don't care and the parents are not home monitoring the situation. They get suspended from school. They get to walk around all day smoking pot and God knows doing what else. So here's another brilliant idea. Police need to follow it with criminal, criminal prosecution. So when the bullying is happening, the police need to get involved. In fact, RCIPS, are you paying attention this morning? You should have a special unit of the RCIPS division that is now dedicated, part of a, ha, listen, set up a juvenile unit of the RCIPS where those people just deal with juveniles. Like how you've done the MASH unit, you have this juvenile unit and you use social services, you, you bring in other resources, other experts that can help you, right? You deploy officers into the schools, and you handle and fast track those cases. You have to be part of the solution to nip it in the bud immediately. Gabby sends this threatening message to this child before it escalates to the child actually getting her, her throat cut or getting in a fight or Gabby attacking her, right? You need to bring Gabby in with her parents, both parents, and I don't care if they're together or not, and you have a sit down with Gabby and you explain to her in very, very firm terms, you understand that this is a criminal offense that you've just committed with ICT network. Uh, I'm not the only person y'all can drive to court about ICT because I'm telling the truth on child pedophiles in this country and that becomes a criminal offense. Well, if telling the truth on somebody of their wrongdoing supposedly can be a criminal offense and surely threatening someone to do physical violence to them is also in contravention of the ICT law. Bullying legislation needs to be on the books. And then the police need to enforce that. Criminal prosecution, immediate meeting, all these things I said two years ago. An immediate meeting with all students and parents. This is now a PTA meeting. When you go and you have this PTA meeting, the police need to be there. And they need to say, parents, this is what is happening with your children. We are your partners here, but we cannot do it alone. We need your help. But every angle is failing in these schools. The parents are failing for the most part. The ones that are not failing, they're finding that the system is failing. The police not doing what they need to do. Remember that incident a couple weeks ago? where the guy went on campus and initially it was reported that somebody had gotten stabbed. Thank God that's not what happened. But he told his little sister, go to the car and get my gun. <laughs> really? That's what's going to pop off. Since then, another non-student has been on campus. How on earth do you have a campus that is so illy, what's the word I'm looking for here now? So ill-secured um, that Anne and everybody can just walk on campus and have access to your children. What's gonna be next? Who else can have access to your children? Really? This to me is shocking. 
Why have we not installed security cameras in these schools? I mean, the children are sitting there recording it. Now we have tons of evidence for the police. Every single one of these eight videos, the police should be finding these little boys and bringing them in with a view to warning them for prosecution. But the school needs to have proper security cameras installed as well. Do they? I'm asking you guys because I don't go to John Gray and I don't have a child that goes to John Gray. Jared, yeah. pick another number. Three. three. Your, your audio isn't much better. I don't know. All right, let's have a look at video number three. Now look at that little one trying to wear a mask and fight at the same time. I mean, heaven forbid he slips and falls and hits his head on one of those commodes and one of those toilets. You know how serious this check, is? Check, check. One, two, three. It's still kind of low, Jared. You need to fix your mic where it's a permanent fix, Naina. I got bad you up with bad microphone. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with this pick, thing. We can pick another number. Try unplugging it and starting over. Pick another number. One. We did one yet? Number one. I don't think we did number one yet. All right, here we go. Oh, this is the girls now. The girls are number one. Look at Look at Look at Jeez, some peace. Sometimes the girls are the worst, you know? No, sir. Wow. Uh-uh-uh. I mean, look at the officers in the mix. They could barely get that one girl out of there. They could barely control that. Look at look at the girls. The girls. Oh my God. These are supposed to be young ladies. They're worse than the boys. And the security's trying to part them. This one is out by the buses. And it's a hot mess. Wow, all those children. Oh my God, have we done a Dijon, no killing from. Can I always go for a song? Look at how long it took for a school administrator to finally get there. There's about 10 children recording. And finally, somebody shows up. Hello, 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 to, to break up this fight. I mean, look, look at number nine. Now, this little kid, this little kid, I mean, he just, um, what do you call it when they just walk up and blindside you, blindside you again with it? Um, sucker punch? This kid from behind, look at this. Oh, wow. 
sucker punched him from behind right in his head. Let's go to number six. Those are girls again. The girls seem to be a little bit extra vicious. I mean, I don't know if it's me, but very disturbing. Good morning, caller, and welcome to the program. Morning, Sandy. How are you doing? Lord have mercy. I'm all right, Denny. Uh-uh. You sound tired, and you're not I, even fight. Boy, I'm I'm just frustrated. My brain is like trying to process what's going on here. Well. I'm glad that you're taking on this uh, difficult issue. Um, and uh, what I'd like to say, though, is that I, you know, there are some people who think that the solution is to pull them kids out of public school and put them in homeschooling and all that sort of stuff. I think that's running from the problem. Mm-hmm. It's not the solution. Mm-hmm. Um, Parents do need to play a very active, continual role in the lives of their children. Uh I said to my daughter, who is in John Gray, if I see you in the distant background of a video, Uh running in the opposite direction, you're going to be in trouble. Uh And... Were you, I think were, you, that, were, you, were you looking closely this morning just to make sure? <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah. I was zooming in pixel by pixel. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is that you touched on an extremely important thing, mm-hmm. which is they can't even write. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen when they grow up mm-hmm. and all they know is... <laughs> how to abbreviate every word and no punctuation, no grammar, no nothing. Uh I told my daughter, if you want to keep the phone that I gave you, Uh you need a complete sentence, proper grammar, proper punctuation. And if you don't do that, I take the phone away. It's that simple. How old is your daughter now, Denny? 13. Wow. She's 13 already. My goodness. Yeah. Kids grow up fast. Um, why, why do you think she needs a phone at 13? Um, she uses it for school, actually. She collaborates with other classmates remotely to do projects. Mm-hmm. And are you monitoring her activity yes. with that phone? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'd say is that does she have no, social media? I'm just curious. Um, not to my knowledge. I know that she is on one of what is technically called a social media platform, but it's because it's for this collaboration. Mm. Um, but the, the thing, the point I want to make is that 
just saying you're going to pull your children out of school mm -hmm. is to miss the entire point. Children are going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. It is our job as parents to help them when they make mistakes, mm -hmm. to give them advice and to help make sure they understand what is appropriate and what is not and assist them along the way. Now, the reason why I think it's a very bad idea to want to pull your children out of public school because, you know, there are issues, mm -hmm. is that there are issues in all the schools. Absolutely. The other schools just <laughs> hide it differently. Well, let me be very, very clear. Every school, no school is perfect and every school has issues, but the magnitude of what we're seeing happening at John Gray, in my opinion, is not happening anywhere else. Yes. You're not there's having a, there's an, five there's an explanation for that. At any an other school. What's, the, an what's explanation. the explanation? The explanation is that in the private school, they could just kick you out. In the public school, they have to take everything. Mm -hmm. Good, bad, and ugly. Mm -hmm. But that's not the, the, the more important thing to, for parents to focus on is that this, the, the public school, or all schools, is just a, uh, you could think of it as real life on training wheels. Because while it's not perfect, there is some degree of control in the school system over what kids do. And so what that means is that when you're raising children to come up and be in the world, your task is so that they can be prepared to function in the real world. Mm -hmm. And so when you get out in the real world and you don't follow the rules that you ignored in school, somebody might just kill you. There's no teacher to intervene. Right? They just wipe you out. And then there is wailing and gnashing of teeth because, you know, the or, child or you, end up in, or you end up in, in jail. And that's, yes, yes. That's your other option. Yes. yes. And, and, but so, so what I'm saying is that, is that think of, of school as an introduction to the real world. Mm -hmm. And, and we all have to face the fact that we're, that children are growing up, then, then that's not going to, the process isn't going to stop. And your job, uh, the quality of your job is going to be reflected in them. And so that means that what you see happening in schools are a reflection of society. And so to take a further step back, if you don't like what you see happening in schools, when you get up in the morning, take a look in the mirror. Mm -hmm. right? And ask yourself, what is it that I'm promoting that is destructive to society? Because unless you hold yourself accountable as a parent, how are you gonna hold someone else accountable? Mm Do they have CCTV and, cameras at, uh, at John Gray? Yeah, in certain places, but of course, you know, <laughs> you can't cover every square inch. Mm. Okay. Right? That's the same problem, same problem you have on the road. <sighs> what it would you. cost to do that would be ridiculous. But, but to focus on 
oh, I'm going to pull my child out of there. That's that attitude of not wanting to be involved or not understanding why you just can't pull yourself away from society. Because let's just say that you could be successful in pulling your child away from um, the environment. What happens when you die and the child grows up and have to just go out into this big bad world? Anyhow, hmm. will a child I mean, be prepared the, the to deal with life? I think the children, the parents, and the environment all need to change. If the truth be known, but we've got one minute left. Right. On air, Denny, thank you very much for those comments. You can hang on if you wish. Um, I've just got to do some final remarks for on air listeners and we can continue the conversation on social media. All right, my dear. So, folks, at 9.29 in about 17 seconds, uh, we will be uh, closing off the show on air at 9.30 promptly, and then we'll continue the conversation. But there are a lot of recommendations here, folks. Another one, quickly, that we'd said before, enroll all children in conflict re resolution and mediation classes. Someone in the comment section mentioned the D.A.R.E. program. They're like, whatever happened to that, where the police were integrally, integrally, integrally? <laughs> involved in the schools. Uh, that has fallen away. Um, more accountability with parents. So someone said the parents need to be held financially and criminally liable for the actions of their children. That's for real. You know, where are all of these things? It just doesn't make any sense that we continue to struggle. Thanks to our Bobo 89.1 listeners. We'll continue the conversation on social media. And for everybody who's listening on radio, if you can't tune in, you can always go back and watch the show a little bit later on. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings. All right, folks, thank you very much. We're going to continue the conversation here because we are nowhere near done with this hot mess of a situation. So we'll go into overtime on our social media um, platforms. Jared, I'm going to pull you in for a second because I feel like I need to grab a banana or something, Shell, because the energy, this, 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 talking about stuff like this gets me very, very emotional and um, it, it drains me mentally, psychologically, and physically. So, Jared, I hope your mic is sorted out. Let's hear how you're sounding. Yeah, you can't hear me, Noah. No, it still sounds the same. I, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I just changed the mic settings on the computer. But, um, you know, it's sad because Ms. Moya says that the one thing about private school is that there is a, a greater degree of accountability in the private school system. Well, like Denny said, and like we all said, private schools will suspend you. And your your parents are paying a lot of money to send you to private schools. And, you know, this, this attitude that, well, private schools... Uh, Oh, Jared, no, 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 no. You got to exit, the, close out the other window. Um, this idea that private schools um, are covering stuff up, I'm not saying that they don't because I'm aware of some of their issues with drugs and other stuff, but the magnitude of what we're seeing happening in the government schools, believe me when I tell you, it that is not happening. In there are different types of bullying, right? And there are kids who might be, there's racism and other issues, yes, and that those are serious concerns. 
But the physical violence that is happening um, at John Gray is unique to the government schools. Let us tell the truth. Tell the truth and shame the devil. This is a government school issue, right? Overcrowding, you know, the fact that, as Denny said, government school doesn't have an option in who they accept in, so they get to take all the riffraff. You want to go apply to private school? Huh. First of all, the years of a waiting list might deter you. Then they're going to want your children to take assessment tests. They better know how to read and write. That foolishness I saw Gabriella writing. If she tried to go to prep with that, they'd be like, mm, no thanks. We don't want your child. She's a little bit too dumb for us. She can't write a, she can't form a proper sentence. She's writing like the hooligan that she wants to be, right? So yes, they have standards of acceptance into private school system. You got to be able to pay the tuition and they want to get a reference letter. You know, all of them want a reference letter from where your school, your child was before. They want to know what the teachers in the school has to say about your children, not just academically, but otherwise. And in fact, some of the questions on their questionnaires also want to know about the parents. What kind of parent is Sandy Hill? Does she show up to PTA meetings? Is she involved? When you speak to her about her child's behavior, she one of those parents, oh, you better not be talking to me about Gigi and because she's a perfect little angel and this not, oh no, not me. That wouldn't be me. Because even at five years old, it's, it's, it's amazing the excuse. They're like, oh, but mommy, I never said that. And I'm like, Gianna, who am I going to believe right now? You or your teacher? She said she heard you say this and you claim you didn't say that. I said, maybe you didn't mean to say it because now you know you're going to get in trouble. But let's talk about why this is not appropriate behavior. And, you know, when I talk to my five-year-old, I try not to raise my voice. I don't try to get ignorant with her. She's only five years old. But you still have to be firm in your position. We have a conversation about what types of behavior are unacceptable. And the things that we don't do in our household, and we certainly not going to do it when we go out in public. But some parents think that they can have two different sets of rules. Oh, I can make my children act like an animal at home. They can do whatever. They can use profanity. They can do this. They can beat each other up, their siblings, and blah, blah, blah. And then when they go in public, oh, I expect them to be a perfect little angel. Well, where were they practicing being an angel at? Because it certainly wasn't at home. So there, there are a lot of issues why some of y'all are having problems with your children. Another parent just sent me a message in WhatsApp saying uh, that video number five has my blood boiling and I feel like vomiting, literally got dizzy. Exactly. Where is security? Damn, this is disgusting. Really contemplating homeschooling. Isn't that sad? Parents are trying to contemplate homeschooling when a lot of them don't even have the resources to homeschool their kids. Most of y'all need to be working. And you can't afford the good type of homeschooling that you really need to bring your children up to par. Listen, I see some of the guards, especially that one with the kids by the bus, the girls, they're trying to pull it apart. They're trying to fix it. And as some of you say, they probably not even get paid enough for this mess. Poor Mr. Murray. He's running his boys to men program. Right? He's trying. Even that program, what are the consequences, right? Some of these boys fighting, they're probably in the boys to men program. They should be expelled from the program. There has to be consequences for their behavior. They don't get to act like hoodlums and continue to, to benefit 
from programs, even like Boys to Men. And I know it might sound a little bit contradictory, but if there are no consequences for the behavior of your children, why will they adjust their behavior? Jared, you think you got your microphone fixed now? Yeah, you can't hear me, Noah. Yes. Okay. Why you don't try and fix it all the time? You no, wasted you know, 10 minutes of my time this morning with you, you know. The, the thing is, I, you know you have your, your laptop plugged in with too much things? You I'll know, just no. unplug it. <laughs> I think, I think, I hear people say, you know, okay, why this not, why that? Are, are we all being participative in our children's upbringing? As a product of John Gray, I would say I would have had run-ins with at least, you know, had it was difficult. You have to be tough when you go into John Gray, but that doesn't mean you act like the way that you do. Now, I don't know. We have social programs out there. We have the Cadet Corps. We have the Boys to Men. I am sure if the government started mandating people to go to cadets, people wouldn't be fighting because they're not going to want to join cadets, right? Now, when it comes to the legis legislative standpoint, one, every child must be in school. Now, does the legislation say, okay, do children actually learn when they go to school? <laughs> that is the next thing. We, we, have, we have a school that is overpopulated and under-resourced. As it currently stands with that new building that it's that is gradually being phased in after successive governments, because that school was supposed to start in 2010 when um George Hicks High School um got got divided up to Clifton Hunter and John Gray. Now we've seen parts of the school come on, we've seen the schools, um public schools improved academically, but what we haven't seen a decrease in is the is the level of what we would say violence that that mm -hmm. comes up because remember children are coming from homes with their own issues and if we reference the model the the report that was done 10 15 years ago it spoke about the social breakdown in families which would lead to people going to northward which would lead to people acting out and children i i would dare say so the, the fact of the matter is, maybe we need not what prisoners to come to these schools and talk to the children and say, listen, this is what's going to happen to you if you don't stop. Because, and I hate to say this, when I visited John Gray in January, mm -hmm. there, there was an altercation that happened. However, the, the disciplinary action is not effective for, for students. And I'll tell you why. When, hypothetically, okay, I'll say it. I got suspended from John Gray, well, for a day or two. You know what I did? I went home, I cock up my foot, I watched TV. My mom is probably going to be the first to hear this. But I did feel bad, yeah, because, boy, I did something. That tell you I got a little conscience. <laughs> but going, not going to school felt like not a bad deal because I don't have to deal with you know, okay, it's understanding the rules and the regimental process of things. And I don't think kids understand the school is a process that prepares you for life. Now, we, we have cameras, we have teachers, we have security guards. Why are, we, why are we failing? We are failing because the disciplinary action does not go far enough. You don't have to physically hit a child to let a child understand that there are repercussions.
Mm. Right? If I'm sure, if you say, okay, you're suspended, you are visiting Northwood Prison for this duration, and you're going to learn what it is like to be a criminal. Now, people would say, boy, that is harsh, but guess what? I'm not seeing any decrease in fights. I don't know if the RCIPS is too busy trying to prevent people from crashing, that they don't have the resources, the, the community outreach rather to go into schools and really get nipped in the bud because there's supposed to be a police officer stationed at John Gray High School or goes on campus regularly. But there's a serious breakdown. There's under, the school is under-resourced drastically Sunday. That is the problem. The school does not have the resources we, we have over a thousand students at John Gray High School. Uh -huh. The likelihood of fights happening are going to be apparent. And as I told you when we were talking about this almost a year ago, Georgetown and West Bay, you know that run deep as it uh -huh. pertains to, to family, family relations, right? It don't take nothing to, to, to set a child off. If you look at anybody too bad uh -huh. in John Gray, or I go call my brother for you. Or mm -hmm. if they, they, these children are fighting over issues, everyday issues. They're fighting over man. Mm -hmm. They're fighting over man. Huh. They're fighting over food. They're fighting I mean, I, I, for the world of me, I don't understand how, how a 13-year-old know anything about man to be fighting over man to but, begin with. But anyway, let me read some of the comments. Um, I see that we had quite a few. Uh, oh. folks that were coming in. So Misha says, I couldn't watch these videos. How is a child supposed to have a clear mind to study when you have to worry about protecting yourself and or um, put up a fight? With so much stress and fear, how are we to expect them to do better academically? Well, this is a problem. That's exactly why they're failing academically because of the behavioral issues that are in the school. <laughs> I mean, Misha, you hit the nail right on the head. They can't. And like I said, it's the 20, the 80, 20 rule, 20% 20 of the children, they're the ones causing the problems, but all of us are going to suffer as a result. This is a sad indictment on us as a community folks. Um, Misha goes on to say with so much stress and fear, how are we to expect them to do better academically or simply uh, respect adults or be respectable adults? They grew up learning to fight and abuse everyone and everything if they don't if it doesn't go their way, uh, this is where it starts and needs to be stopped right here. Well, it actually starts in the homes. <laughs> Let me be honest. I'll say it again uh, for everybody in the back who didn't hear it. A lot of these um, issues are an indictment on us and our homes and what is happening uh, in those households. And there's a lot of dysfunctionality in households. Someone made mention of the, that I think it was Jared, that made yeah. mention of this report. Folks, it's called the Yolanda Ford Report. It, she was a consultant criminologist that wrote this report a number of years ago. It's 278 pages. And it was a report on predisposing factors to criminality in the Cayman Islands, June of 20, uh, 2006, was when it was delivered. Do the math, Jared. Tell me how many years that is now. I, this was submitted to the Honorable Samuel Bulgin, who at the time um, was and still is the Attorney General of the Cayman Islands. I would dare say that you could read the 278 pages of this report and everything that she said back in 2006 has either number one, come to bear fruit or number two, continues to be a problem. Folks, the Cayman Islands with a population of 60,000 people, 
where the vast majority of those people imported in, so work it down to 30,000 people, the rest are, are expatriates here and work permits. Why is it so difficult for us to get a handle on our social issues? It really shouldn't be that difficult. And my apologies why I adjust the mic a little bit here. It really shouldn't be that difficult. And the fact that it is, in my mind, demonstrates you know, where we are failing, and we already know how we are failing, why can't we fix it? A population of 30,000 people, and we have a prison system that is busting at the seams? Um, can we I have... address something here about um, somebody um, said that, you know, pub, private schools have the cream of the crop. Now, I, I would refute that. Because if we look at the National Heroes Day, the people that we produce, the young people that were produced came from both private and public school. So I, I don't want to put this attitude out there as a private school is, is the Holy Grail since Jesus came. Because John Gray High School and Kevin Hunter High School produced recipients on the National Heroes Day list. Well, I, I don't want to. I don't want to get into that list for more reasons than one. But, but just I'm, because, I'm, just because you received an award at mm -hmm. the National Heroes Day Awards, let's just say that that does not mean that number one, you were deserving of the award. Like I said, I'm not going to get into this because now you make me go off this morning. But let's just say that that does not mean that you are deserving. Okay. Or, and I'm not trying to take away from the good ones who were, but we know some people who received it who the community has been saying that they did not deserve that reward. So that that would not be the litmus test at oh, all if we for whether someone does well academically. Having said that, what I would say is that despite all the issues, John Gray still does produce excellent exactly. students. Yeah. But we shouldn't be here talking about the despites and the one-two. Mm -hmm. I have to agree when the person says, at least in the private schools, they get the cream of the crop for more reasons than one. One parent just said, Wait. it's because you have to pay for it. That's what this person said, private schools, parents have more skin in the game. It's called money. When you well, have to pay thousands of dollars per month mm -hmm. for your children, right? You might actually care a little bit more to make sure that they are performing and they are doing what they need to do. You might. And I think that that's what, what is happening because I can tell you there are a lot of Caymanians who make the sacrifice, I've spoken to them, to send their children to prep in other private schools and they're working their behinds off, even poor little me. I was like, well, I guess I better start working that stripper pole to get ready to pay Gianna's school fees. Of course, I'm joking. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It is a sacrifice when you have to pay thousands of dollars a month in school fees. And I'm going to have very high expectations of my daughter's school fights would be the least of her issues. I better not hear nothing about no school fights. But more important than that, we're going to be talking about some high academic expectations, child. Mm -hmm. You don't come home with no C to my yard. That type of mediocre behavior is not acceptable. How, how many parents do you think, Jared? Let's just be honest now or having this conversation with their children. And I want you as parents to just be honest with me. It's just me. It, it, it's Sandy from the block. 
right? You know, Jenny from the block. I'm Sandy right up, right up the street here now. Georgetowner, Walker's Road, Boilers Road. Walking around barefoot, going to, to Georgetown Primary School. I know where you're coming from. I'm a Mac Field. I'm related to the Rockets. We're all family here. Be honest with me. How many of you have standards when your children come home with C's and D's and you say to them, this is not acceptable behavior. I can't, I, I cannot accept this grade from you. How many of you are providing a conducive environment for your children to be doing homework in and learning? Or the second they come home, they hear the fighting in the carrying on in the household, in the neighborhood, the screaming and yelling. They can't even sit down and focus on their own work. This is where parental responsibility plays a role. Some of y'all out in the streets chasing man, woman, cat, dog, puss, whatever. You don't even spend time with your children. Some of you have too many children. Can I be honest with you? You know how hard it is to manage homework for four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten children? That's a full-time job and then some. And we no longer have grandparents who can step in and say, yeah, I'm going to spend my senior years helping you raise your children as well as having raised you. So there's a lot of decisions at the parental and societal level that means we are failing our children. And so their behaviors in the schools, their fighting out in schools is just another sad indictment on the rest of us. They are convicting us for failures as a parent. You ever brought home a, a report card with a C on it, Jared? Yes. What your mama said to you? <laughs> that we have, she would have said, what happened? She mm. said, that, that is not gonna cut it. But Sunday, not every kid is, I, I would say this, when I visited John Gray, in January, and I did a presentation with those kids, Sandy. Mm. The kids feel beaten down. They feel, when I say beaten down. Why? Beaten down by who? Just by society, just by how they see came on going, just by how, how they so you, you know who's really beating them down? If they, themselves. Your worst enemies no. yourself. Their but, parents, they're growing up in households, right? Where, listen, there's certain conversations you do not need to have with children, right? Children should be in an ideal world growing up without the stresses that we as parents have to take on. But you know, there are parents who don't even understand the necessity to limit their children's exposure to certain things. So they have their children and everybody business in the household seeing everything and being exposed to everything, just like they are miniature adults and they are not. They are still learning how to cope. They're still learning how to process their feelings. No child should have the stresses of the world on top of them. Their focus should be school, your education. You have your one, two little friends so you can socialize a little bit, not too much of that either, right? You do some extracurricular activities. You, you enjoy music. You can do a musical instrument. If you enjoy sports, you can play the sports. You know that there are parents who have their children stressed out about divorces, abuse in the homes, neglect. They don't get enough food to eat. 
They're worried because the CUC bill, gosh, if I go home this evening, I don't know if mommy or daddy paid the CUC bill, so that might be shut off. So I might not even have a computer to do my homework. That is what is stressing these children out. And all of that stuff, I have to blame the parents for. That's the responsibility of the parents. No child should be subjected to that sort of thing. So once again, parents, I'm looking at you all and asking, what are you doing? Janetta says not every child is supported. That's the problem. We're raising a generation of children who are not supported. Now, if the parents can't do it, the village, the community has to do it. And of course, we want to throw everything at the foot of the government. The government must solve all these problems. The government must provide the support for these children. We need parenting classes to start from middle school before your children even start to think about having sex. Because once they start going down that road of having children of their own, and they don't understand the detriment of having four or five children that you cannot afford, and you're ill-equipped and you're not ready to be a parent, that's how it all falls apart. I was having a conversation with someone yesterday and he's been married for, I don't know, probably 30 years now. And he said to me, he said, Sandy, you know, when I got with my wife, the two of us started dating, I was 16 and she was 15. And he said, you know who raised her? Me. Because the first 10 years that we were together, she was still out there whiling out and doing whatever and blah, blah, blah. Start younger with educating our children how to be good citizens, good people, and by extension, good parents. Or don't have children. I mean, if you don't have any children, you're not going to worry about it. It's as simple as that. Uh, Perla says, stop involving them into adult conversations. Simple, yes. Some of these children are not just being involved in adult conversations. They're being exposed to in their household. They are seeing parents even engaging in adult situations. Everything from fights to sexual activity. I'm telling you. Some of the youngest children, they go in school and they start playing with their classmates because they saw mom and daddy doing it. This is the reality of what is happening in our schools. One of the fights was in the PE room. Again, no teacher present, says Perla. No supervision. Tracy says bad parents are raising bad children. Children are clean slates and become what they are taught and see. Ms. Morna says we need to put a stop to this before it's too late. Children are products of the environment. Yes. Rosie says bring in the UK military officers to handle this problem. The Ministry of Education has obviously not offered any solutions to resolve this escalating problem. Who must die before something is done? Middle school starts at 10 years old. So you're gonna have a 10 year old in school with a 15 and 16 year old child. Justin agrees, put armed forces on campus. I wonder if the regiment doesn't have a role to play here. It, it, they do have a role to play, but it's not supposed to be used lightly. The, the whole point of the regiment is to deal with disaster situations and to mitigate those disasters. If the regiment is always everywhere, it defeats their purpose of the significance that they play, meaning it is in a dire situation that you put the regiment in. Yeah, but I mean, the regiment could have a community element to it. 
where they are, you know, seen as um, sort of community workers and they encourage young people who might want to get involved in the cadets, which is kind of like, you know, a potential background for the regiment. There's a big distinction between the regiment and cadets. Um, but I'm sure two of those entities could collaborate with each other to work on creating a program that, that you know, mentors, you know. Yes, I, of course. Listen, every every child is at risk as far as I'm concerned when mm -hmm. they're not um, in a in a conducive environment. Renita says because these children assault the staff and then the parents come behind them and further assault the teachers, no conversations can be had and no resolutions can be made. The island is already in one hell of a state. Wait till the children become adults and are unleashed in the community. Well, they're already unleashed on us as, as little, little adults. Um, let me just say this, and we're going to wrap up the show here in a minute. But, you know... Um, when we were talking about, um, well, we haven't really discussed it, but there was a story, um, Danny, just one second for me. There was a story about Dr. Sam Samaru, I think is his name. Yeah, Dr. Uh, John Gray, who was put on leave for a couple of days while they investigated this incident with him and a student. Now, the story I heard that, you know, the parent, once again, to read his point, the parent showed up and made it far worse, and the parent being the father, not the mother, showed up at the school and made it far worse of a situation than it was ever going to be. Oh, you assaulted my son, did And it wasn't really anything like that. Yes, he physically, I guess, hit the son and whatever, but you know, it wasn't that type of thing. I think it was a situation where the kid was playing around with him, as he often has done from what I understood. And then, um, you know, Dr. Samaru might have just been kind of like tapped him or whatever. And that day, the boy responded in a way that he had never responded before. A lot of people said, listen, if he got a lick from Dr. Samaru, he probably deserved it. Now, I don't know Dr. Samaru from the man in the moon, but I probably would tend to agree with that. Um, and it was a minor situation until the parent got involved and demanded police be called. And of course, mass unit had to investigate and blah, blah, blah. Right. Once again, going back to Rita's point, parents themselves are part of the problem. There was a day and time when you did something like that at school, not only were you going to get in trouble at school, but you were going to go home and get in trouble again. Now we have such dysfunctional parents that they want to show up and defend and encourage bad behavior from the little hoodlin children. Danny? Yeah. There's a big difference between the regiment and the cadet corps. Mm -hmm. The regiment is actually a, a military service where you take up arms and go and fight and kill people in hostile situations. Mm -hmm. It was sold to you as cleanup after hurricanes, but if you read the text, you'll understand you can be sent to war to fight. And, and the purpose of the law is to provide military services. If you know what that means, that means killing. So <clears throat> I don't think we should be putting regiment in the schools. Um, you have hit on, a, on, on some of the points earlier in that you need to have more effective measures for accountability. You've already touched on those in the first part of your show. Mm -hmm. So we just need to do it and stop talking about it. Mm. I, I don't I don't mean stop talking literally, but it's just a figure of speech. Yeah, we need so to we need to start acting on some of these recommendations. Yeah. yeah. 
we need to act. Um, the, the, I see a threat of punishment is of no value if you never use without it. follow. That's right. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> we need to understand that it's no one is going to write in and save us from this. Mm -hmm. So as parents, we just need to take a look in the mirror and understand that we are going to be our own saviors and we're going to be a part of um, addressing the issues or we're not. Mm -hmm. That's not going to save your child from being killed in the real world. Because the, when you get out there, this might sound kind of um, to, to the law-abiding partisan who hasn't had much exposure to criminal activity. When you say that gangs and the criminal world have rules and they require that you adhere to those rules, if you don't, they will kill you. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you want, if you want to save your child's life, the time to do so is by stepping up to the plate right now mm -hmm. and preventing your child from going down a road that will cause the child to lose their life. The time is now. Because when, when, when something that, happens to the child out in the streets and then everybody's crying and you got to plan a funeral and, you know, you got to go to court and if they catch anyone to, to send off to jail for it, the, then people are like, what, what happened? And, and, and to make matters worse, then who wants to say, well, actually, your child was acting like a criminal. So um, what did you expect? What actually happens is people feel sorry and not want to actually talk about the real issues. They just focus on the human part of it and, and just say, I'm sorry for your loss. And we still don't, and, and not really have the conversation. That's why what you're talking about today is so important. We were talking about saving lives mm -hmm. of future uh, adults. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. Anyhow, I just wanted to make a point Thank about you so much. I appreciate it. Check out. All right. So we have another person who sent in this comment. They said, um, anonymously, Principal Clark and the education minister has stated on numerous occasions that the open floor plan, along with uh, cameras at the new school compound, will end all that is happening, fights, et cetera, at John Gray High School. Um which new school compound? So there, this is the one that can never get finished. <laughs> the school that never has been an ongoing project by UCCI. Uh, and when, so when's that going to happen? So in the meantime, we just continue as is. Um, listen, the cameras and open floor concept isn't the solution. That might be part of the solution, but the fact that anybody, and I don't know who, who's, um, who this principal or oh, principal Clark is at John Gray. The fact that they would even say that to me is ridiculous if that was said, because that demonstrates again, a lack of understanding on their part about what the solution entails. That's not it. It's a multifaceted solution. I, we gave in this November, 2020 article here, 
um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, about 10 points. Those are 10 recommendations that they've not implemented a single one. Talk to the students, talk to the parents. They will help you come up with some of the solutions. So Gabby says they need to change the mentality of these children. Yeah. In yeah. order for that to happen, you need to change the mentality of the parents who are not. having and raising these little hoodlums. And how are you going to do that? This is a multi-generational curse, people. Yeah. And the, the hardest thing in the world, Gabby, is to change somebody's mentality. I'm telling you, as Tracy said, you do what you know. And what you know is what you grow up in every single day. That is what is enforced for you. I can sit here on this platform till I'm blue in the face and talk about good, effective parenting. And if you are growing up in a dysfunctional, batshit crazy environment every single day, that is what you will know. And my friends, that is what you will repeat. Even sometimes when you become an adult and you, you're like, okay, I, I kind of know better. I know this isn't right. For you to change that behavior that has become your norm, it's been normalized your entire life. The fighting and the fussing and dysfunctionality for you to change it is one of the most difficult things that you will undertake in your entire life. It ain't easy. You might need years of therapy, constructive, you know, um, actions and things you can do. Because every time you get upset, you go back to that place of fighting because that's the environment you grew up in, this fight or flight. That is why, folks, let me tell you all something. I'm going to tell you something very, very personal here now this morning. Because I don't sit down and talk about these things in isolation as though I do not know from personal experience. So when I say I come from these environments, I come from these homes, I'm telling you, I know, I know. I have a scar. I'm trying to remember which leg it's on. I think it's on my right leg. I'm trying to feel for it. I'm going to tell you now. Um, right or left leg? Maybe it's on the left leg. I can't even... Sometimes I don't remember where it is, but I have a scar on my leg, on my thigh. I think it's, oh God, I'm going to have to look. I think it's the right or maybe it's the left. Anyway, I'll tell you by tomorrow. I have a scar on my leg where I got stabbed with a pair of scissors by one of my sisters. Now you think about this. I left Cayman. I just turned nine years old. And I think this stabbing, I can't be sure exactly when it happened, but I was probably maybe like six or seven years old. I don't know what happened. I don't know what we were fighting about or what it was, but there was some sort of dysfunctionality in the home. And one of my sisters took a pair of scissors and stabbed me in the friggin' leg. Y'all don't think that I understand violence in homes? <laughs> you know, there is a reason why I stand before you. In particular, when I talk about children and these home, these dysfunctional home environments and the negative impact that it can have on our children, there's a very personal reason why I'm so passionate about it. 
I have had the opportunity to try to pull myself out of the situation. That was only given to me because my father stepped in and said, oh God, we got to get you out of here. By him sending me away, that, the, the environment he sent me to was by no means a perfect environment, but it was very different. This constant fighting and carrying on, I didn't have that level of dysfunctionality. Education then became a priority. It was like, okay, you have to go to school. You have to focus. You have to make you know, your education a priority. You have to open up opportunities for yourself in life. You save one person, and then the decisions that I make as an adult are not perfect, but they become better. There's a reason why I only have one child. I not having no bag of children because I see, again, from my own personal experiences, you have all these children that you can't afford. Grandparents got to take some to raise them. The next children kind of hanging on by the thread of their own having to pull up and raise themselves. Older siblings having to step in and try to help to raise children when they should be enjoying their own childhood. I come from that environment. So I know what I'm talking about. I understand the struggles every day to say, okay, I'm going to get up today and I'm going to make some positive decisions with my life. Relationship decisions. I ain't not picking no man who's going to be using me, abusing me, pulling me back down with him. No. Elevate yourself. Picking someone with a good work ethic, similar goals to you. Working hard, being honest, not stealing from people. Every day. You make decisions that become part of what will be your character and your life story. I'm not telling anybody this is easy. You think it's easy for me to have family members who say, oh, yeah, look at her. She thinks she's somebody. And I, oh, she's left us behind, blah, blah, blah. I had to leave you behind for my own mental health, <laughs> for my own life. Some family want nothing better than to see you stay where you have always been. In the pits with them, going nowhere and doing nothing with your life. Ending up in jail, having your streets dragged all over the, your name dragged all over the streets. This is Cayman, folks. I know what I'm talking about. Somebody just sent me a picture this morning of this woman who worked immigration. Ugh, we mentioned her before. Somebody posted a photo of her sprawled out in a car. We live in a society where you do that kind of bullshit and it gets circulated in the community. Anybody thinks I wanted to see this woman with her crotch open this morning? I didn't. But every single decision you make, I'm sure she got children. She got about four or five of them. What kind of example, the things that you're doing, what sort of example are you setting for your own children? Are you the example that you want them to be? Because it's one thing to talk the talk, you know. A lot of people are good with talking the talk. But walking it and making those better decisions every single day is a completely different something. Jared, yes. that's why you see me. I don't keep no pile of company around me. I don't need it and I don't want it. I can't, uh, listen, came on my rogue enough mix up to last, to have all of us occupied forever. 
I don't really go out of my way in my personal space to look for no mix up. I like people who are, they working towards something. They have it together. They're working towards something positive. They're giving back to their community. What are you doing today to make sure that your child isn't going to be in one of those fight videos? We're not done with the conversation, folks, because I know a lot of our radio listeners missed out on the last 45 minutes. But I want to tomorrow dig into the first part of the show. We're going to dig into the practical things that you can do with your children's phones and technology as it relates to keeping an eye on them and social media. Half y'all don't understand social media and you shouldn't be on social media and neither should your children. We need to get a handle on it. Knowledge is power. Educate yourselves and arm yourselves with what your children are doing. Now, we saw the children involved in these fights today. Some of you might have recognized their faces and you might know who they are. Let us be the type of parents that will reach out to those other parents, not to judge them in the first instance, but to say, you know what? I saw your child came on Mall Road, honey. Trying to be at the age of 10, 11, and 12, trying to be some Mike Tyson. Let me know how we can help you and this little young boy. Is it the fact that he has no father at home in his life while he's acting out? Why is he bullying people? How can we help? This now comes back to the village mentality. We are a village. We can do this. We must do this. We have to do better. Jared, your final comments, my dear. Final comments are, I would love to know what the Education Council does in its reporting or what they meet about. I would like to see a a bullying, anti-bullying program rolled out in all public and primary schools. And I would like to see, and to be honest, there should be a forum where if a young child feels like I don't feel like the schools are safe for kids to really say, hey, you know, I'm having a bad day, miss. Because you see, when you're John Gray, and as somebody who went through John Gray and went through the senior ranks and whatever, you have to have a hard shell on. And so to really connect with that teacher, to say, yo, or miss, I don't feel, you know, too happy. You can't do that because the environment at John Gray does not allow it. Because if you if you let up and show, say, you're sensitive, somebody will take advantage of you and beat you up. I know that. I know mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the schools, unfortunately, are safe enough or, to my opinion, where every child can say, Miss, this was going on. This was really going on. I would like to see a program like that where children can leave an anonymous comment mm-hmm. to say, okay, this is how I feel and whatever. Because I would, like to, I, would, I would like to know how many teachers are students. How are you all feeling today? Mm. How, how, what, what are you doing? How are you doing? 
I'm sure if we ask the right questions, and our students know the answers to the questions, but we have not asked them the right questions. And as it pertains to the Minister of Education, we, we, we have got to see some tangible results. We have got to see some tangible results that you care. Upgrading, uh, adding more money to scholarships is good, but that's the crop of the crop. Unfortunately, the crop of the crop don't have to deal with the, the, the rest of the people, quite frankly. And it's the rest of the people that we're trying to mitigate and get on the boat in, in running a successful country. Because you know what? The mm. more people we have at Northwood is the more taxes, NAU, WRC, everything. So if everybody gets on board and gets on the bloody boat, there will be no problems. But if mm -hmm. we have to force people to get on the boat, we, it's that is that is what I'm getting. We're going to have to force people, force parents, and force children to understand this is not a society where you can do anything and there's no negative consequence. The 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 painstaking reality is that whether you do something good or bad, there is a reaction. And for me, the Minister of Education, quite frankly, doesn't do enough. She, mm. she knows full aware, and she was in the previous administration where the school, the school looked like it going to take until Jesus come for it to build. Mm. And mm. that is the problem. And so at the end of the day, Education Council, they're mm -hmm. on my list for a review. The director of education, I know he's fresh and brand new. So I won't really take fault with him, but I will be taking fault with the chief officers, the policy advisor. And I'm, and unfortunately, I know this lady used to run John Gray High School. I'm going to have to review what what is it that y'all are doing? If, if you're mm -hmm. drafting policy and the policy for God heavens is not mitigating and dealing with the issue, you're not a policy advisor. Mm -hmm. If you're the chief officer for schools, Get your bum care out of the office in Elgin Avenue on the fifth floor and go visit the schools. If if the, the fact of the matter is, Sunday, if you don't get up and look at what's going on in the schools, and if you don't get up and look what's going on at the port, and you don't look what's going on at labor physically, mm. how you know, but getting back to the schools. They're gonna have to get reviewed because it doesn't make sense. How are you getting a good good standing academically, right? But then we're having fights because that's not contributing behavior towards good academic standing. That's the problem. And mm. so my final comment is, education council is getting a review. I would deem to say, principals are gonna get a review as well. Because you've been, he's been running, John Clark has been running John Gray for five years, at least four years to my understanding. And as to why we can't deal with the fights, which is, is, is contributing factors of family breakdown or whatever, is one thing. But if, if my investigation finds out that the ministry has been hearing about complaints, knows about the understaffing and resourcing, which they are probably well aware of, and they're doing nothing, they're going to be in serious trouble because you're playing with people's lives. You're playing with people's children. 
and when they end up robbing somebody and robbing your daughter and killing somebody out there on the road, do not act surprised because they contributed to this issue. And I'm talking about the people at the ministry, and I'm talking about the people in the education sector. Well, that small building there. And I'm talking about the administrators, but you know something, mm -hmm. Sandy? The administrators say we need this, we need that. But you know what? It comes down to budget. That's, and it's not, it's, but budget is one thing, but getting back to the root core of it, I would have hoped that there was more care, more care would have been given to this, this ministry, education. It's monumental. We need it. We need mm -hmm. the money. We need to start the anti-bullying program. We need to see different behavioral programs. You can't have a generic behavioral program and expect it to work for everyone. It just doesn't work like that. But what mm -hmm. we absolutely need is updates from the education council. What is it that you all are doing? Because I've never, I've never met with the education council. I've never heard them give updates to say, oh, well, we're doing this, we're doing that. It sounds like some, it sounds like some elite group where you can reach and talk because even a parent came and said from what I heard on the road, they tried to move a child. They didn't, they couldn't move the child because the mm -hmm. child not in that area, the support, the support that some of these children need because they have exceptionalities and behavioral um, exceptionalities. Mm -hmm. Where is it? So, the, the, the education council and the education minister, as will administrators for John Gray High School, will be getting a review. That I know for a fact. So that that is my stance. Things shouldn't always have to come publicly for a resolution. But when they do, that is when an investigation will have to be triggered. Because if I have to go around and say, why are you not doing that? Or investigate it. And, and find out that people not doing what they need to do. What is the point of hiring you? Why, why, why are you there? Why is the chief officer there? Why is the director of education there to just sit in AC and take a good job? Well, I tell you what, um, Jared, today is um, Wednesday, which means that the, um, it's Premier Access Wednesday, which means that the Premier will be on the show this He's evening. He's not going to do anything, so. Um, so let us put some of these questions to him. I'm going to say that we're going to continue the conversation this evening as it relates to uh, bullying in our schools and these mm -hmm. fights. The and we need to hear now from the premier on this. He's he's mm -hmm. free to bring on the minister of education if he wishes. Sunday, that lady coming like Jesus. You can't see her. Can't oh, see. I I saw her last week. She did attend. In all fairness, she did attend the boys to men. Um, yeah, but I'm talking that. publicly. She does not right. give yeah. public. I think there's room for improvement. All of them got improved. All right, um, Jared. Tune in this I'll evening, 7 p.m., folks. Uh, the premiere will Sunday. be joining us. Let me play a little remind, play a reminder for that. So we'll see you this evening at 7 p.m. The Coltar Truth now has your premiere access with Premier Panton. Hello, everyone. This is Wayne Panton. Come and join me on Cayman Mar Road's premiere access every other Wednesday at 7 p.m. 
for a frank and open Q&A session. I'm here to answer your questions about the issues that concern you the most. Tune in to YouTube and Facebook Live on Wednesday. We will see you there. Full transparency. Answering your questions. Down to earth, accountable, and accessible to who matters. You. Don't miss Premier Access on the cold hard truth. Spilling the tea like no one else. 